0: The first thing you do when you start a band is talk about your influences. That's how you figure out what kind of band you want to be. So, who do you like? Blondie.
1: Christina Aguilera.
0: Who? No. Come on. What? You. Shortstop.
1: Puff Daddy.
0: Wrong. Billy. Liza Minnelli? What are you... You guys! This project is called Rock Band. I'm talking about bands that rock... Led Zeppelin! Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant. Ring any bells? What about Sabbath? ACDC? Motorhead! Oh, what are they teaching this place? Summer, you're the class whatever, go to the board. Factotum. Factoter. New schedule eight fifteen to ten rock history ten to eleven rock appreciation and theory and then ban practice till the end of the day what about math no not important
2: world cultures
0: not important you guys we need to focus here all right let's pray god of rock thank you for this chance to kick ass we are your humble servants please give us the power To blow people's minds with our high-voltage rock. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Now let's get out there and melt some
1: faces!
3: All the mics are running very hot today, so speak softly. Hot. That's what I'm talking about right there. So we may want to start low and then work our way up on the board. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Done and done. Why, hello, it is four minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of April of the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, Monday morning, and good morning to you. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Show, an excursion into whimsy, amusements, and entertainment of all varieties. It is uh, Monday, April 13th, and uh, howdy and hello. It's 503-733-2970 if you would like to be part of today's program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 if you would like to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, uh... Whatever it is you might have today, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at kufo.com, Tim at kufo.com, or Nibbler at uh, kufo.com. Again, 503-733-2970. Why might you you call such a telephone number? Well, for starters, don't call now about this. Uh, But later on today... A pair of tickets to a private, acoustic, listener-only performance by Queensryche. Uh, it's going to be happening this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, there'll be a private... I don't even tell you where it is. It's so private, I can't even reveal the location. Uh, it's going to be taking place the night, the, the afternoon before their, before the show at the Roseland. So they are playing this coming Saturday night at the Roseland. But before that, a private, listener-only KUFO performance with Queensryche earlier in the day. It's going to be just like a handful of people. You could be one of them. Uh, so we'll give away a pair of tickets to that. In today's uh, show, it's 503 2970 Also coming up today, the top five, the top five most imitated lead singers in all of rock history. Uh, the top five most imitated lead singers in rock history coming up today. Uh, we'll talk to Brett Michaels of Poison and Rock of Love fame. Uh, is that true? Yes. Yes, it is. Tim. Why, it seems like a dream. It does seem like a dream. Weeks ago, that would have been possible. Here's the other thing about it. I'm just going to read this directly off the page. Are these people calling about Queens ride tickets? It's because it's, a, it's apparently opposite day. Where when I say don't call, it instead comes out as call now. Don't call now. Or call now if it's opposite day where you don't call. Just put, put the phone down. Um, so here's the best part about the Brett Michaels thing, by the way. It says, this is from his people. Hey, we're all set for the Brett Michaels interview. Let me just introduce you to a little word called specificity. All set for the Brett Michaels interview. He'll be calling in Monday in the eight AM hour. No actual time given. Could be eight oh one, could be eight fifty nine, could be eight oh three and fourteen seconds. It's not actually clarified beyond that because of course it's why would you bother to actually give me the time? So I will. I will now be, because Rick Emerson cares, though, because I'm a Christian individual, and in celebration of the risen Lord, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to be fluid, we're going to be loose, we're going to hold on loosely. as 38 special, says, uh, and uh, we will be speaking to Rev. Michael sometime in the 8 a.m. hour because he's coming to the Roseland uh, May 9th, and I think it just and they just wrapped up Rock of Love last night, actually. So we're going to have some sound from that. Thank you, Tim. Look at you, you bet. all prepared, standing by. Getting ready to give the people not just news, but audio accompaniment to said information. Uh, So in the 8 o'clock hour today, we'll talk to Brett Michaels from Poison, which is going to be fantastic. I I can smell it. I can sense it. Uh, The vibrations are there in the atmosphere. got a geek watch coming up today, hick watch coming up today, religious nut uh, case watch coming up today. And uh, at some point during today's program, we will uh, endeavor to speak with both Lisa Desjardins and Amanda Moyer from the CNN Radio Centers on Capitol Hill and in Atlanta, uh, respectively. It's all very exciting. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. Saving
4: Captain Phillips, three pirates are killed by sharpshooters as the hostage drama is brought to a close. A patron is stabbed at Boss Hogs Bar in Northeast. A suspicious package in Hillsborough contains a leg, not a bomb. There's plenty of holiday highway mischief to report. A bizarre chase at I-5 ends with a naked, screaming driver being tased. Another belligerent driver who flipped off others after causing a car to be rolled is taken into custody. And a wheelchair-bound Gresham woman is charged with demanding sex for teens in exchange for drugs and gets it. Wow. Can you hey, just read if you this? want to see this woman's picture, go to RileyLive.com, and it is a good argument for abstinence <laughs> and, and having low
3: self-esteem. <laughs> Can you just read just the tease one more time? The whole thing? No, 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 just, just that a last wheelchair part. A
4: wheelchair-bound Gresham woman is charged with demanding sex with teens in exchange for drugs and getting it.
5: All
3: right, hold on. Go on to RileyLive.com. Abstinence, kids. Abstinence. Hold on. Uh, let's see. All right, got to put in the eye here. Um... I enter. Alright, we're going to RileyLive.com right now. Waiting for the picture of the (gasps) wheelchair. Wow. Really?
4: Seriously, kids. Seriously. (laughs) Wow. Talk about better fish in the ocean. That is. They had to be good drugs and lots of them.
3: Oh, that's a dog. Oh, I'm sorry. This is a woman. Oh,
4: my God. (laughs) There's a picture of a dog and a woman. I know they're close. (laughs) Jesus! But, but the dog was not in a wheelchair.
3: Jesus, and God the Almighty! The dog is not involved in this crime. Okay, so by the way, if you want to see the, uh, if you want to see the photo that goes along with this story, and here's the thing: when I say if you want to see the photo, you know you do. The thing is, I mean, whether you do or you don't, you need to. You... All you
4: boys and girls listening right now.
3: So let me this understand is what not to do. So, th- in any number of ways, Tim. So this is a Gresham woman who is wheelchair bound, mm-hmm. and she. Let Allegedly. Me just, we'll just let me just see if I can get this story to, uh, together in my head here. This is a uh, we, and I don't think it's alleged that she's in a wheelchair. That seems like a bit of a binary proposition. She right. either is or she is not. She, she is. Is this a medical wheelchair or is this a too many ding dongs wheelchair? We don't know. That. Like that thing at Safeway, you know, uh, where it's just some load who I'm doesn't sure want to walk.
4: She's had her share of ding dongs.
3: <laughs> and also snack foods. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right so let me just back up for a second so this woman who you can see at rileylive.com she is in a wheelchair first of all she's from Gresham to no no, no seriously so no if you were a teenager
4: would you be bragging about this <laughs> dude and, and there could be other victims who have not yet come forward <laughs> you got
3: to dude you gotta see I uh, I broke a piece off last night you want to see this girl wait hold on let me go to Tim Riley's web page I'll, I'll show you so she's a Greshamite to the surprise of, course, of, yes. of no one mm-hmm. she's in a wheelchair yes. She allegedly allegedly has drugs which she gives to young people in exchange for sexual favors. And
4: there must be plenty of them, or very potent ones.
3: Wouldn't you think you could also uh, take your drugs and give them to, like, oh, I don't know, uh, like a cosmetologist? And, oh. Or somebody just to
4: bathe you. Another part I didn't tell you about this, because it's just a tease, but it involves both boys and girls. Uh Uh-huh. In exchange for drugs. Okay. Allegedly. Well, and fair. a
3: wheelchair. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, then there you Gresham. go.
5: Starting the what do we
3: do without places like Gresham? I, you know, I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's like Oregon's Alabama. I really you know here here's the thing. Is it's like um it's like if there's three people in line for something and you're third, you know, you feel pretty bad about yourself because you're just dead effing last. But if there's 300 people in line for something and you're third, you feel pretty good about yourself because, relatively speaking, you're close to the top. Mm-hmm. I would say that Gresham is everybody behind us in line. I mean, that's it, right? Right. I mean, you have got your Gresham, you got your St. Johns, you got your uh, Clackamas. Uh, there, I mean, look, uh, you know, I'm living in, in Southeast Portland. Uh, I live in a house from which my truck has been stolen three different times. But you know what? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm several shades ahead of these poor sacks. It's like Gresham.
4: Beverly Hills as compared to that. It really is, Jim. All right.
3: Well, that's fantastic. It's like our own little Boca Raton, right there uh the, right there on the east side. It's seven I got to close this window. It's freaking me out. 503 I think there are numerous victims. Well, people in Gresham need love, too. And drugs, apparently. Mm-hmm. And also just a good scrubbing. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Cerex Dillon. Hello, how are you today?
2: Hello. All right, I'm afraid to talk on my microphone because I didn't want to deafen. That's okay. They've uh, they turned up the gain on all of these things. Oh. So. Hi, how are you? You're Hello. looking bright eyed and bushy tailed. I'm excited for tonight. To, it's going to be a crazy show week because tonight is Gaslight Anthem. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're playing tonight, which I've been looking forward to. And then Excellent. tomorrow is Pennywise.
3: Fantastic. So,
2: um, yeah. And then um, tried to go to a show last night, but I was just too tired. So I ended up going to bed by like 10.
3: This is, oh, you did the uh, puncture that you were going to see, Turbo Negro.
2: Yes, Turbo Negro, which is strange. They have, like, the strangest fans. Have you ever seen any of, like, the Turbo Negro, like, like, groupie people? No. It was a little interesting. Like, every single person there was, you know, covered in tattoos. But all of them were wearing, like, denim jackets that say, like, there's, like, a Turbo Negro, like, bike gang or something, and they were all there. It was really strange. Okay, and that's then. that's a story about that. All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I'm excited for... I'm, I'm just... I've, I haven't been this stoked to see a band in a long time, so I'm seeing Gaslight Anthem tonight, which I'm really, really, really excited about.
3: Very cool. How was everybody's weekend? Anybody doing Did anybody see Observe and Report? No. I, I did not. No. Sucks. No. Did
2: you? We're such terrible people.
3: I tried. I tried, and I just ran out of time. And now I feel like... Uh, this is the, uh, the thing about working in radio now. I feel like a failure because I didn't see a film. I mean, I didn't get a chance to go see the new Seth Rogen movie, so now I feel like I don't deserve to live. Uh, because not I mean, because I did want to see it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I had every intention of seeing it, but also I feel like well, it's show prep. It's going to be the number one movie, which it wasn't anyway. Uh, because what was. Of, you know what was? It was that freaking Hannah Montana movie? So, Thirty-four yeah. million dollars. That's right. I mean, oh, the uh, American public. Oh no, the American public and their gullible children. So I mean, that's you will never go bankrupt targeting uh, some poor bastard. Uh, who failed to put on a rubber and as such now has to go to see Hannah Montana films with his, <laughs> with his brood. Uh, you know, that's, I, I mean, there's just no getting around that. That is the key to financial success in this country. But as a result, that Seth Rogen film. Which is getting really, still really strong reviews after opening weekend. Uh, I failed to go see it. It's number two, so Lara and I are going to see that today. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, we we'll know, get off the air. I got some stuff to do today when we're done, and then we're going to go see that this afternoon, so that I can be, uh, so that I can be up to speed uh, with all of it. So, all right. Anything exciting from any other uh, quarter of your life this weekend? Hmm.
2: No, just a bunch of the usual craziness. Just hanging around. Um, yeah, I went to. take to a show? I can't remember. It's all such a blur because I try to cram in, you know, like at seven nights of living into two nights.
3: How's that working out for you? <laughs> it's fun. Okay.
2: Especially since, you know, going to bed at like 10 a.m. during the week. I can't really get to do that very much.
3: Hey, you know, I have this idea. I wrote this down to myself uh, at 2.11 uh, on a Saturday. A.m. or p.m.? So, uh, this is 2.11 p.m. on Saturday while I was walking around. While I was walking around hiding from my shrink, which is a whole separate story. Uh, was your shrink uh, like chasing you around the did house you see him out in Well P- look. here's the thing not chasing me around my house that wouldn't be so much a shrink as it would be uh, a stalker That seems like a thing that Sarah <laughs> shrink might do but mine is it no he was when I was on um I was on Hawthorne on Saturday afternoon Lara and I were getting I don't know, we did something or other I think she had to go to I think she was going to work or whatever anyways we were going out uh, uh Saturday afternoon and I think we we out to get some coffee and we were stopping to get a pastry of some kind So they were sitting on the sidewalk on Hawthorne and as I'm, I'm, I have like a croissant or, you know, what bagel or something. And she says, Well, hey, while we're here, there's this great store down the street. Why don't we walk down there? And she's like, There's some, I don't know, there's like an end table or something she wanted to look at. And she's like, Well, let's walk down the street and look at the end table. And then we can, you know, then I'll go to work and you can go back home. And I'm like, eh, No problem. So I've got my coffee, I've got my uh, uh, croissant. And here's the thing, let me just say this about my psychiatrist, is that my psychiatrist is not. Like, his office is not in Portland. His office is like way, way over that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's like 25 How far minutes is that away. Way? Well, it's like 25 minutes toward, um, what is that place? Like, if you, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, um, now, Woodburn? Having, having made fun of Clackamas. Not of Woodburn. <laughs> yes, he works at the, he works in the, in, in the Welch's jam factory. Um, no, it's like, it actually is kind of toward Clackamas. It's like that area, like Clackamas, Milwaukee. I said having just ridiculed Westland. That, that. was fine. Yes. Yes, Tim. It so, is Westland. Okay. Anyway, so the, but the point is like it, it, it. His like his office isn't anywhere in Portland, so he becomes one of those guys that you think only exists in that part of you know of Portland. You think he just exists half an hour that way, and so I'm on Hawthorne and I'm walking. And you can only see this coming a mile away. I'm walking down the street with Lara, and then suddenly, at the crosswalk crossing the street and heading my direction, it's sort of like an L. Like, I'm over here, and then if you go down and take a right, he is crossing the crosswalk and headed toward me with what I presume is his family. And I see him, but he doesn't see me. And so I immediately tell Lara, like, ex turn around. She said, what? And I actually physically sort of grabbed her and turned her around. and I said, we've got to walk this way. And I start walking away, and she says, why are we doing this? What's going on? And I'm going, it's my shrink. I don't want him to see me. Which, in retrospect, doesn't really... I guess I don't know why I was so like weirded out by it, but oh, it was it's like a, strange. Well, it was like seeing your teacher, like sitting next to you at taco time or something. You know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you'd see a nun uh, sitting next to you with the skippers on Friday night, but they weren't all nunned up. It's like they were just wearing street clothes. Like, My teacher eats. I must not see that. But, but I mean, you know what freaks you out? Like when yeah. you see something that is not inside its normal context. Plus, you know, he knows that I'm crazy. Uh, and then there's that awkwardness of here was the other thing. The awkwardness that. I recognized him, but I'm not entirely sure that he would have recognized me because you know I only see him every so often. And you know he's got a you know I only got like uh, one psychiatrist, but he's got a hundred patients or whatever. Mm. So you figure that if I were to see him, well, here's what I didn't want: I didn't want to go like, uh, hello, uh, hello, Dr. Smith, and for him to go, hi, uh, Phil, uh, you know, and just to not know who I was, because then I would have just been so just plunged into neurosis all weekend long that my shrink didn't recognize me, and. So I kind of turn Lauren around like, okay, this is just, we're going to walk this way. And so we duck into that world wrap burrito place or whatever that's right across from Zoopans. zoo Pans. And, of course, he immediately then walks in after us. So I'm walking in and him and his family walking after us. So then I'm having to do this insane Larry David thing of, like, holding the door for my shrink. And yet as he walks in, like, turning to the right so that he can't actually see my face. And running behind the counter. No, No, but as soon as he gets by me, then I completely turn around so my back is to him. And then we duck out again. And then she still insists on going to the store that's selling the end table. And then I don't want to leave that store because I'm afraid that I'm going to walk out that store and then I'm going to walk into the shrink again. And it was all very strange. It was just, that
2: would weird me out. Well,
3: and then awkward small talk. Like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, that's another question. If you run into your shrink in public, what do you say? I mean, obviously you're not going to sit and talk about all your mental problems, but do you make small talk? Would you small like to join me for an ice cream someday? <laughs> I mean, do you say, hello, doctor? And then does he say, hello? And then do, and then do you do that... uh That small talk reflects a thing of going, how are you? Because if he says it, I have to go, well, I'm crazy, (laughs) as you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I have no idea. So, but here's, but my final thought on this, my final thought, I haven't even gotten to this thing about the, the observation that I wrote down to myself. My final thing is this, I don't think he saw me, but of course, then I spent the rest of the afternoon wondering, what if he had? And what if he immediately was pulling out a notebook, Emerson saw on Hawthorne crazy appeared to be delusional suffers from paranoid schizophrenia and neuroses of persecution ran away from me on the street hid underneath a coffee table
4: was doing errands with nurse
3: <laughs> so anyway there you go there's so there's just a, that's just a tiny slice of my weekend uh, more to come today, including Brett Michaels from Poison, a pair of tickets to see Queensryche in a private acoustic performance, and Amanda Moyer from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Show.
1: <laughs> One stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. RickEmerson.com. Do it now.
3: Well, it's the Rick Emerson Show, it's Rock 101, KUFO, and good morning to ye. It is uh, Monday morning. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Amanda Moyer. Hello. How are you today? Good
6: morning. I'm well. How are you?
3: I am fantabulous. And uh, on the classic one to five scale, how ready are you to talk about bedbugs?
6: I think I'm probably about a
3: four. Here's the reason I asked that, because it wasn't really a thing that I was prepared at all to see on the CNN prep sheet today. It actually says bed bugs. Are you letting them bite? And so I have to ask this question. Is this a sort of like, did you uh, draw the short straw in the office pool or something? Or is there really a plague of bedbugs sweeping the country?
6: Well, apparently there is a significant increase in bed bug infestations. And even, there's even going to be a summit actually this week that the Environmental Protection Agency has put together uh, to try to find out more about bed bugs, how they can get rid of them, and uh, what's causing it.
3: Let me ask you this about bed bugs. Is that an actual type of insect or is that sort of a, a colloquialism, a sort of catch-all euphemism for any number of uh, creatures that live inside my bed covers and, uh, I don't know, drink my blood while I sleep?
6: No, it's an actual bug bed bugs they're um, they're actually they're very hard to see they're about the size of an apple seed they're reddish brown flat and oval um and some say they look like mini cockroaches if that paints a better picture oh that paints a wonderful
3: picture thanks so much for putting that <laughs> image in my head so this sort of seems like the kind of thing that one would not uh, i mean it didn't seem like it would go unnoticed if your bed was full of red bitey things the size of apple seeds i mean i think you'd notice that right is that Are they somehow that they just sort of lurk there and uh, they're underneath the radar for most of their existence?
6: Well, actually, when I was speaking with the EPA, I was kind of surprised. They say that people rarely see them because these little bugs only come out at night, usually only for a short period of time, usually closer to dawn. And uh, what what happens is you see small bites on your arms and legs and Uh, you don't know why. uh, (laughs) See, here's the thing. Now,
3: let me ask you this. Where do they go when they're not on my body, like attacking me?
6: Oh, this is the worst part. They're not just found in your bedding. Wait, let me just understand.
3: (laughs) So the worst part is not that they attack me while I sleep and eat my skin and drink my blood. There is, in fact, a part that's worse than that.
6: Well, I think so because it's the unknown factor. Uh They're not just in the cracks and crevices of your bed frame or the mattress. They can cling to furniture, clothing. They burrow in your luggage. Uh, they can hide in um, baseboards, even picture frames.
3: I think I speak for everybody when I say that nothing good ever comes from a creature that burrows. That's mm-hmm. just, uh that's bad, 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 bad. At least they're not hiding in the cracks and crevices of, like, you know, me. I suppose that would be worse. The, <sighs> it's like when you wake up and you got, like, a, a like a bump on your arm or something. And it's, like, on the one hand, it sucks because the actual injury is, you know, it's itchy or it hurts. But then it's, it's just the idea that while you're asleep, you're sort of like Gulliver and just these sort of uh, – these Lilliputian-style uh, insects have been roaming your body like they were Rick Steves in your Europe.
6: That's right. They're uh sucking your blood and uh, just trying to <laughs> – its feeding for the day.
3: You know what I like about you, Amanda, is you're real up in the morning sometimes. That's fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. I know we were running a little bit late, so you have a uh, fantastic day, and don't let the bed bugs bite. And blah blah. blah. Thank you. Right. Too. Thank you. There you go. Seeing a radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. That story just made me itchy.
2: That's what I'm saying. I and don't it, like You it. know,
3: it's like, you, and it's that, it's that whole business of how does the spider know, or whatever it is, the bed bug know that you're asleep, because you know you'll you'll wake up. Here's the other thing. Did you ever do this? It's not just when you get up and uh, you know, uh, you know, prepare to face the day. It's that something you're sitting away, typing at your desk, or you're just—I uh, don't know—you're watching television, and then you just notice that you've got a bite on your arm, and clearly it wasn't there like an hour ago. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a thing that just happened, and you think to yourself. Well, the insects, the thing about that is that it it denotes a certain kind of brazen boldness on the part of the insects. In other words, if they're not even waiting for you to be unconscious, if it's just like, well, you're sitting there with a handful of Cheetos watching Sports Center, And then you look down and go, "Ah!" you know, and then you've got a bite. And the insect has already made, the insect has made some determination that you are vulnerable. It has clambered up into your body like it's summiting the K-12. It's bitten into you done whatever bit of evil nastiness it needs to do, and then it skedaddled away completely uh, sort of undetected and unscathed. It's like your body is some... It's like a person... It's like a Brinks job of the human anatomy.
2: It's all very disturbing. That's just unnerving.
3: Again, if they're on you while you're asleep, at least you know you can comfort yourself with the fact that they still fear you because they wait for you to be, uh, you know, unconscious. But when you clearly have been bitten while you're awake... That means that the animals, the insects, they are rising against us, and they have no fear. Think on that. And good morning. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Monday. That's good shooting. A sharpshooter kills three
4: pirates and frees a hostage. Now it's off to the pirates' court for the survivor. The Obamas uh, don't go to a radical church for Easter. Their Portuguese water dog arrives tomorrow, the Obama girls already name it. The president's half-brother denies sex assault charges. McDonald's may have to raise its prices. Record low interest rates of 4.75% bring out homeowners in droves to refinance. And a suspicious package in Hillsboro contains a leg, not a bomb.
3: I would say that doesn't lessen the suspicion that I associate with that package, but maybe that's mm-hmm. just me. Jesus. Let's not forget this woman in Gresham. We'll fix her little red wagon later. On. God, I can't look at her photograph. Look at her. look at her. Look at her. She's crazy looking. Freaks me out, man. Well, see, you go for crazy looking, and I mean there's a there's a certain dull I'd sort of an, insanity oh. that I see I in her. I wonder if she's face.
2: on Twitter. <laughs> so she kind of she really does have like a little pig face.
3: That's uh, our journalistic assessment, by the way. That is our opinion as protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. She may be Miss Gresham, for all you know. <laughs> yes, she might, Tim. You know what's sad? Can I just speak for everybody here? Uh, and uh, I will say what's sad, and then I will read this observation that I never got to because I was talking about how my, I was trying to outrun my shrink. Uh, and Sarah knows what I'm talking about, by the way. Have you ever run into your shrink out in public? No. But, see, but, I've,
2: but I've always thought about it if I did. And if you did...
3: Like, what would you say? Do you say, how's it going? Because then they're going to say, how are you? And then you have to lie and go, I'm perfectly normal and stable. Don't look at me. I, I mean, what would you say? Let's role play for a second. I'm your shrink. You're walking down the street. And we make eye contact. And it's just long enough that you know that I recognize you. Hi, Sarah.
2: Hi. How's Dr. it going? Dr. I'm doing well, thanks. I, actually, I'm not intimidated by my shrink.
3: See, I'm not intimidated either, but it's just awkward.
2: No, because I know that, that, that she knows I'm crazy. All right.
3: but I And mean, plus,
2: my shrink's kind of crazy.
3: Well, let's see that. Okay, see, maybe that's the difference. Because yeah. my uh, my psychiatrist, totally normal. Yeah. Really, he is exactly the kind of guy you want uh, as, as a psychiatrist. I mean, absolutely. Like Bob Newhart. Very much so, yes. I mean, I would say. The original um, series. You know, uh, or like a, um, you know what he reminds me of? Uh, like if um, if Alan Arkin were to be playing like your dad. You know what I mean? Uh, if if you would, and Alan Arkin was now this is a horrible thing to say because it's the only thing that probably a lot of people uh, he was in Glengarry Glen Ross. I mean he's been in a billion films. Alan Arkin was also in Little Miss Sunshine. This is, uh, this is oh a I terrible. Love him. G- yeah, you know he's the dad who's on, or he's the grandfather who's on on junk. So I'm. Clearly not saying that my psychiatrist is. But that guy, like if Alan Arkin were to play your dad in the movie of your life, that's my psychiatrist. Cool. So very cool. So, I mean, he's he's not crazy at all, at least to the best of my knowledge. Uh, But it's just that, um, you know, it's that whole thing of – and we've all had this where you remember somebody but they don't remember you. Mm -hmm. And then it's a whole lot of – and I find myself compulsively introducing myself to people that I have met before. And that's a little bit of projection because I'm so terrible with names that I sometimes assume – That they don't know who I am. So here's a little, just one little tiny insight into me. You know what I still do? And I actually did this over the weekend. Keep in mind, I'm 36 years of age, by the way. Do you know that when I call my mom uh, and my mom answers the phone or when I leave a voicemail for my mom, do you know I still introduce myself as her son? (laughs) I actually say, hey, it's Rick, your son. For, I guess maybe because she's got so many children and, you know, and whatever. And maybe I just. And I just sort of assume that you know I don't know. There's like a one in five chance she might not write off. Just remember who I am. Or no, there
4: could be a Rick the gardener, or Rick the caretaker. Or <laughs> well, just is. that
3: she might go, Rick. Hmm, Rick from the from the gym. Hmm, I no, I don't know. I don't. Uh, who? Where? From where would I know you? And so I always I always say this is Rick, your son. <laughs> Which saying it out loud makes it sound really crazy. It doesn't feel crazy when I'm doing it.
4: Well, it saves you a lot of trouble.
3: Maybe I Well, because you know
2: how uncomfortable it is when you can't remember something, so you don't want to do that to your poor mother.
3: Maybe I should have stopped the shrink on the street, huh? Maybe we uh, should have had a little nosh and, uh, and talked about my insanity. So, two things. One, I made this note to myself apropos of nothing. Some sort of pop culture manufacturing company, they need to market a bit of plumbing called a Fera faucet. A Fera faucet. That's the sound of the faucet being turned on. Secondly, speaking of this uh Ms. Gresham woman here that you can see at RileyLive.com, um, is there anything more depressing than a Mrs. America combat th- or in fact a Mrs. Is there any such thing anymore? Oh no, there's but there's but you know, for every Miss Whatever, there's a misses. Uh which is for if you are homely and married. Uh and so but there's always a misses whatever contest that it's brackets uh, a Miss missing. So she would probably be except she wouldn't be in Mrs. Gresham because I'm I am i am guessing that she's not married. I mean <laughs> Call me crazy. That would just be my that would be my my guess. Based but you know on the she story. has
2: birthed many a time.
3: See, but I don't know that Sarah. That's just uh, I guess that remains to be seen. So you can see this this mugshot. Is this a mugshot? Yes, it is. You can see it at Riley Live r i l e y live dot com, and we'll have more about that story. Uh, so she was probably
4: in. stressed when it was taken.
3: I would imagine so.
4: It doesn't lend her itself to her better looks
3: I would, I would say maybe it uh, no maybe the the better angels of her photogenic nature were not on display in this could have been after a long day and a long night tim Moving on, uh, Tim Riley will be uh, joining us uh, just ahead with uh, news from the news desk. Later on, Brett Michaels from Poison and Rock of Love fame. We will uh, give you your chance at a pair of passes to a private, exclusive, limited to just a handful of people, acoustic performance by Queensryche uh, and more. Plus, Lisa Desjardins and Capitol Hill. This is The Rick Emerson Show. Now broadcasting Everywhere.
7: One time, I did actually confess that I uh, made out with my teddy bear.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns
3: on Rock 101 KUFO. It's one my favorite Rejoins right there. Me too. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. coming up later on today. We'll be giving you a chance today, a pair of tickets to see Queensryche at the Roseland. Those will come along uh, with a pair of tickets to see them at a uh, live, private, exclusive acoustic performance uh, that same afternoon. That is this coming Saturday, ladies and gents. So don't call now about that, but that's going to be at some point. Uh, today, We'll also announce the grand prize winner of last week's Jägermeister Music Tour uh, tickets. There's uh, a whole kind of Jägermeister uh, prize pack that goes out with that, so we will announce that today. Uh, we've also got CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins joining us and the top five most imitated rock singers of all time. This, however, at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
4: Now so we have all this crazy behavior from the Easter weekend, so let's get right to it. First, a man from Halsey is arrested. Apparently, uh, they spotted 23-year-old Paul William Kaiser after receiving several 911 calls about an erotic driver at I-5. So they pull him over. And then he begins. Somebody whispering. What?
2: What? What? I heard somebody whispering. No, I heard. I, I thought you were trying to say erotic, but it sounded like you said erotic driver. Well,
3: that might be true as well. We don't know. I don't we, have a mugshot on that. sexy in front of driver. Of we, we'll, we'll get to the Gresham story in just a minute. She's oh. not driving anywhere. I mean, right now, we have a taser watch coming up today, too, don't we? We do. i making a note to myself. Okay, so this is. So it's a Halsey man. Okay, I'll stop. Yes. We'll start from the beginning here and I'll uh, listen attentively. Okay.
4: Who was. It doesn't matter. As troopers approached him, Kaiser allegedly began throwing things out of his vehicle, including a child, seated in several articles of clothing. He gets out of the car, stuck in the medium, takes off his shorts, and runs around <laughs> naked and screams. So naturally, what choice do they have but to taser him? And he's uh, being held in Multnomah County Jail. Now, the second driver. There were numerous reports of. Uh, Crazy driver going 100 miles an hour and flipping everybody else off.
3: It's fantastic. Wait, was he was he also erotic? No, he's not. Uh,
4: the driver then apparently hits another car, causing it to flip over. So then he takes off and goes to Washington Square Mall. By that time, they catch up with him and arrest 25-year-old Noah Ruiz
3: Ulrup. Wait a minute, so this is all over one weekend? And this it, is all here. Yeah. yeah. Normally, you have to go to Los Angeles for this kind of a thing. No, no. Does it, this mean yeah. that we're, Tim, uh, that's big city entertainment is finally available to we small-town folk? It is. So the first guy was driving erratically, mm-hmm. possibly not erotically, although right. the erotic behavior did come later when he was nude and running around, uh-huh. and then they tased him. Yeah. And that was in what part of town?
4: Uh, let's see. That was south of here. Okay. Uh, it ended up in Washington Square.
3: Wait a minute. Now, wait, now was there the other guy in Washington Square as well?
4: No, no. The first guy was in Halsey on I-5.
3: And that's the nude guy. That's a new guy. Okay, and then the car that flipped over was in Washington Square.
4: Uh, Yeah, he is attributed to that accident, Jesus. yes. All right. Then we have a guy being stabbed at uh, Boss Hogs. Anyone been to Boss Hogs bar? It's up at uh, 637 Northeast, 102nd Avenue.
3: No. I think I speak for everyone here when I say no.
2: That just sounds scary. <laughs> no.
4: One fellow was stabbed there during a fight. Customers helped hold down the man with a knife. The stabbing victim was taken to a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, so he's probably back. Do
3: you ever wonder about a place called Boss Hogs, though, and whether or not they get some sort of cease and desist letter from the, uh, the Dukes of Hazard people at some point about that? Mm-hmm. Also, well, never mind. Well, I'm there's just... so
2: many weird little bars out in Gresham. Have you ever like driven around out there and seen, like...
3: <laughs> yes, for hours on end. I just go to Gresham and I just drive. Sometimes I don't even, uh, sometimes well... I don't even take the GPS. I hope that I'll stay there forever. No, I
2: spent well... my Easter Sunday in Gresham <laughs> yesterday. Was it fun? It was glorious. No, because uh, my friend's grandma lives in Gresham, so we drove out there. But like driving down the roads, it's scary. There are all these little shacks that are so small. And they all have like yes. different creepy names. They're like hundreds of bars. Yeah. It's but you see all these cars out there. It's like who you know who goes there and hangs out. It's like how is that their regular place? Well,
3: it is all. They are. It's just a lot of. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like they don't have their charm. They certainly do. But it's a lot that, of. That
4: is after you graduate from having sex with a woman in a wheelchair in exchange for drugs.
3: <laughs> well, you got to go celebrate somewhere, Tim. Yeah. It's um, a coming of age thing. The, <laughs> All right, let's do that, then, uh, and then go to the, uh, and then go to the. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of the 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 name of a fictitious Gresham Bar. I mean, it would just. I mean, it would just be. It would just be a place called like. I don't know. Called like the called like the binge and puke or something. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't
2: know. they're all they're like the lady shack or something. No,
3: no, no. The lady shack is something else, Sarah. Okay, you are thinking of a different kind of establishment. Oh no,
2: there are a lot of those out there too.
3: The, the, uh, those well, those you mean the the, the lingerie parlors or the, the the lingerie modeling place as yes. well that always just has the vinyl sign hanging up front like they you know just like the the. Like They have to change the name of the business pretty frequently, and so they don't ever want to invest too much money in like some sort of a permanent uh, sign because you never know when the Spray man's going to paint over the sheet. <laughs> exactly. And they have to – and everything – all the lights are knocked out and burned out and shot out in the front, but it has one of those sort of Dante Hicks-style signs that like, I assure you we're open, but you can't really tell because there's boards on the windows. Um, Gresham Perry.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Welcome to the Clackamas Bijou. Please come on in where your fantasies may be fulfilled. Uh, You get those if you drive up uh, Foster, too. Once you get to, like, the Devil's Point area, and don't get me wrong, Devil's Point is a place I quite like. um, But once you get to there, then it's like you start to see, like, sometimes uh, when you're driving up Foster, like, if you hit Foster and about, I don't know, 70th, you'll start to see a lot of places where you think that the windows have some sort of, like some sort of customized, very stylish sort of frosting. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a like a smoked glass. And then you realize it's just filth. It's just filth, and the exhaled cigarettes of a thousand depressed, uh, depressed sort of drunk patrons. And the windows have just become so encrusted they can never be clean again. But then they've kind of gone with it and they've made it a motif. So. And by the way, lest you think that I'm passing judgment, and I am. I wouldn't know this if I would. You know, if I wasn't uh, kind of driving. If it was right
2: near st- our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, if I wasn't
3: driving up that street constantly on my way to get somewhere, or it's right near my house. So. Here's Tim Riley. So
4: here's a, here's an image to take with you through the rest of the day. If you don't remember anything about this program today, you will remember this. You can see this woman's picture at RileyLive.com. This is a wheelchair-bound Gresham woman who has been arrested following a five-month-long investigation. Now, she's only 30 years old. No, this that's is not a, a lie. That is, is not a true. She is 30 years old. Her name is Jennifer Lynn Wills. mm Yep, that's what it says. She's accused of giving drugs and alcohol to teenage boys and girls
3: in exchange for sex. Now, we should say first and foremost, these are only allegations. allegations. We don't know that she she is... I uh, use
4: the word accused, and these are allegations. She is
3: presumed innocent until a jury of her peers or a court uh, decides that she is not only off-putting but guilty.
4: Right. Investigators are alerted to the situation by some of her victims, and police believe there may be more.
3: They feel like they didn't get their drugs worth. Mm -hmm.
4: So all you kids out there who may have made a mistake...
3: You can you can still come forward. Does it say, uh, okay, so this is where, this is in Gresham. Yes, it is. Does it say what kind of drugs she had? I'm looking here. I'm guessing they're not stimulants. I mean, that's just... I'm, I'm
4: guessing there there were lots of them. <laughs> just...
3: I mean, I'm just speculating uh, that these are maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe slow down drugs. That would just be, I mean, again, I could, the I could the be The drugs
4: my... would be more like it. <laughs>
3: Just nothing but ecstasy. <laughs> Do you have anything that makes uh, uh, unappealing uh, people sort of palatable? No? Oh, Jesus. Uh you have some weed in a blindfold? Anything. Come on. Just help me out, lady. Right. So it doesn't say what sort of drugs. Does it say from where the kids, like where did she find the kids?
4: I, I would imagine they came to her.
3: Well, that's, I guess my question, though, is like how would, what is this
4: woman's name? Her name is Jennifer Lynn Wills. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm.
3: She's sitting there in her palatial Gresham pad, yes. uh, you know, living the high life, so to speak. And so that's A. Z is the kids showing up at her place and her giving the kid, allegedly giving the kids drugs in exchange for the kids giving her some kind of sexual fulfillment. Yes. So yes. my question is, how does A get to Z? Like, how do those kids hear about this? Like some sort of a personals ad? I mean, is it just – this is probably the Twitter, but that's probably, Tim. Oh, by the way, who – did anybody – well, you didn't, Tim. Uh, Sarah, did you Twitter about anything this weekend?
2: Um, yes, I did. I, I did some stuff about the punk show.
3: I sent something out about Brett Michaels, and then I also sent out a, uh, an update about our Queens Right giveaway, which hasn't happened yet. I may actually do one uh, in advance. This is what I might actually do in sort of a shameless attempt to drive up the number of followers that I have on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and how great that it lets you say you have a number of followers. <laughs> Kneel before me! Uh, I might actually uh, start using that to give a heads up as to when we're going to be giving away Queen's drug tickets and things uh. of that nature. Um, anyway, so because here's my thing. If one guy or woman or whoever finds out that this chick in Gresham is allegedly offering up drugs in exchange for sex, it doesn't sound like it was just a one like one student thing. It sounds like it was a whole lot of boys and girls. Yes. So you wouldn't think. I mean, this is just my this is just my speculation here. I can't imagine that you'd be telling everybody about this if you were a young person who allegedly had sexual relations with this woman for two reasons. That's not brag-worthy. I mean, that's – yeah, really. That's not like a thing where you call up your boys like, hey, check this out. It is marijuana and alcohol to gain their trust. So they weren't doing it in exchange for marijuana and alcohol? Or was she getting them high and drunk and then taking advantage of it? Those are
4: the allegations, yes. Look –
3: Let's be very clear about this. Um, The
4: victims came forward and told police about her practice of giving drugs and alcohol to the teens, and then later expecting or demanding
3: sex. And this looks like a woman who could demand—she looks like a woman who could beat some things out of you. I mean, really, it just—it doesn't really look like at a certain point uh, the—especially if you were intoxicated, like the choice would be yours— so her apartment is in the 3500 block of Northeast 17th Street in Gresham. Well, that's fantastic. The uh, let's just be very clear about this. I am not advocating. None of us are advocating. Make uh, you.
4: Trade uh, sex for drugs in Gresham.
3: Well, or anywhere. Uh, I'm also not, of course, advocating that any uh, person under the age of majority or under the drinking age consume. Alcohol, uh, Ab- uh, abstinence is better in many occasions. That's right, kids don't don't have sex or drink or do anything uh, like that. It's bad. It's bad, and it will ruin your life, and you'll go to hell. I, I mean, you'll definitely need to shrink after this. <laughs> the so I'm not I'm not suggesting in any way that young people should do those things. That is wrong. That being said, speaking only from my own experience, in high school, if you knew the kids who were maybe into that sort of a thing, where they wanted to ingest some sort of a substance. It wasn't. It, was it really this hard? Like, is this are these really the ends to which you had to go? I mean, it seems like uh, it seems like this was a step that was never really necessary uh, for me when I was in high school. Again, I'm just I'm only speaking for myself. Here. God of the days I'm hanging around the DQ. That's right, Tim. So my my final two thoughts on this are and we'll return to this story over and over again today. One, I don't know how the word spread about this woman, because a as Sarah said, she's not really brag worthy. It's not like you call up all your mates and like, hey, check out this hot, hot babe that I got some from. Well, we
4: don't know what the alternatives are
3: <laughs> in Gresham,
4: in the thirty five hundred block of Northeast Seventeenth in Gresham.
3: I suppose it's all relative. And B, um, it seems like if you were uh, if you were getting uh, drugs and booze, in my opinion, uh, I mean, it's just. In my experience, people who are really, uh, who are very much into substances don't tend to like to share with everybody else. Although, so maybe that's different for like booze and weed, I suppose. Had I the weather been else. nicer,
4: it may have involved skinny dipping, but I don't think it went that far. <laughs> but summer is coming.
3: Wow. All right. That's great. Those
4: are just a few visuals to get you through the day. Thanks,
3: Tim. All right. Well, just ahead, more from Tim Riley at the news desk. We seem to have eaten up all of our time, so to speak, uh, with this largish woman from Gresham. So we'll have more news ahead later on, seeing a radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. uh, We'll give away a pair of tickets to a private exclusive acoustic performance by Queensryche. And we'll count on the top five most imitated singers in rock history. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO.
1: (laughs) Putting the cult in pop culture. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO.
3: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101KUFO. It is Monday morning, and good morning to you. 503 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Oh, by the way, I this is a new thing I'm going to do. I'm going to begin uh, brainstorming ways to make the station uh, sound more rockin'. Because Rick Emerson cares. I'm always thinking.
2: Okay, pleased to be sharing. No, no, no.
3: I'm a team player. Never let it be said that Rick Emerson is not part of the solution. So, uh, you know, I'm always brainstorming. Always. I
4: always want to be more rockin'. That's right, so,
3: Well, you yourself could not possibly be more rockin'. I mean, really, you... Uh, you are, you're pure igneous, uh, as it is, Tim. There, so there's, there's always
4: room for improvement, I think. There's always room for more rock, mm. uh, Mr. Riley. I need to bring on the rock.
3: That's right. <laughs> you know what you sound like uh, just there? You sounded like uh, Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin thing. Where he goes, I got a rock. Which is, it sort of surprises me that it didn't get sampled more often. Maybe it has by now. But for the longest time, there were two things that ought to have been sampled that hadn't been. One was Charlie Brown, where they're going like, I got a chocolate. I got a thing. I got an apple. I'm gonna rock, which I always thought was it would have been perfect uh for you know some sort of radio station to work into their imaging. The second thing was that Vasquez cut from Aliens, uh where she screams like "Let's rock!" and then she starts firing off the uh, the gun or whatever. Anyway, uh, so because I'm always trying to uh, contribute to the forward motion of this radio station and to CBS Radio, I'm gonna begin. Uh, I'm gonna try to do this every day now. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with uh, more ideas to make this station sound. You know. More aggro. So I've got two of them here. Uh, do you want to hear idea number one or idea number two? Both. Yes, which, please. Which one do one. you want to hear? F- which one do you want to hear first? <laughs> Let's go to one since it's the first one. All right. So here's the thing. So I'm thinking that maybe uh, within this program, within the Rick Emerson Show, we'll start airing a second sort of show within a show. We'll air a niche program that's maybe I don't know, like three minutes an hour inside this show, and it's going to be nothing but rock. And I'll start every segment by saying. What's up, headbangers? And then I'll give myself a name like, really? uh, and then I'll give myself a name like, like, um, hacksaw or, um, uh uh, 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 meat stick or, uh, no, that's the that thing. Meat thermometer. Meat.
2: What is the thing? Meat thermometer? Meat, meat thermometer. something
3: or other. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, or just, uh, like,
2: uh. What, the one that, like, you stick it at chicken? No, like, what is the thing? What is the thing? I'm thinking
3: of the, uh, what is the, the meat thing? Like a slim gym. It's like a stick of meat. It's a meat. A beef stick? Beef stick? There you <laughs> go. Like that. So I'll call myself beef stick. Okay. Go, hey, what's up, headbangers? This is Rick Beef Stick Emerson coming at you. And then uh and then we'll just and then I'll you know, and then we'll just be uh and then we'll just be in that mode for like three minutes. But as part of that, here's what the slogan will be uh in the uh the Rick Beef Stick Emerson metal show within a show here. We're gonna use the positioning statement talk out with our rock out. Yeah,
2: a little play on like the Britney Spears thing.
3: That's what I'm talking about, Sarah. Uh, and then we have like a big explosion at the end of that. Second thing, we're gonna give away. Uh, this is again in the sort of theoretical show within a show that I'm trying to create here, uh, so we can be more uh, be more rocking. We're gonna give away an MP3 player filled with music, only the most rockin' of of, of tunes though, and it's gonna be a Guy Pod.
2: There you go, Guy Pod.
3: Guypod. You're acting like these aren't brilliant ideas and they are.
2: Guypod sounds like something we'd be giving away on Max. Sarah, I'm trying to make
3: the station <laughs> more graspable.
2: Guypod?
3: I'm trying to make this uh, I'm trying to make this program more easily understandable by those who may have difficulty sort of grasping the subtlety of the Rick Emerson show. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's fine. <laughs> you just look at Rick Emerson is way a to team be a team player. player. I'm yeah. just saying for the record, these are ideas that I myself contributed. Okay. Guypod. <laughs> Whatever. Tim Riley's Thanks working on the, the. attempt anyway. <laughs> the following headlines on this Monday morning:
4: Saving Captain Phillips. Three pirates are killed by sharpshooters as the hostage drama is brought to a close. There's one surviving pirate, and therefore he'll go to court, to the pirates' court.
3: Were you trying to do that? Was that the the goal there? I
4: thought about that all weekend. Is that where we're gonna react to?
3: Is that where Doug Llewellyn is out front? But he's just wearing like a gold earring and a bandana. Yes. He goes. And we remind you, don't take the law into your own hands. Except you wouldn't even say that if it's the pirates court. What would you say? He'd he'd say, "Well, of course you take the law into your own hands if you're a pirate." Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the tagline in the pirates court would be. The, the, okay, so the pirates court would be like where I'm seeing that when the guy is like hobbling in on a peg leg with the with the obligatory parrot on his shoulder. Yes. And underneath underneath it says, you know, it does that uh, the thing of typing out his name and his, you know, but it would be on a scroll. And so it would be like a quill, sort of scribbling calligraphy onto a scroll, and it would say, um, like, uh, uh, like uh, you know, Galvart the Black sold accused of, and then it, it would say, uh, like, what would be accused of? He would be uh, accused of plundering, uh, you know, above and beyond what he was rightfully entitled to.
4: Brett Michael says he can't believe he spent twelve weeks dating twenty-three girls and ended up with a penthouse pet.
3: Uh-oh. You know, that's your instant karma for not appreciating my, uh, for not appreciating transferring
4: my... Transferring data, transferring data, transferring data.
3: Did I mention that uh, I had this idea guy for pod. giving away a guy pod? <laughs> I didn't, know. Put that on a one-sheet right now. Uh-huh. hmm How's that audio working out for you there, Mr. Mocker? Mr. Not Appreciate My Attempts at Comedy? Mr. Well, didn't Even Laugh at the Pirate's Court Joke?
4: There are other things going on. Eventually, we'll hear something here. Uh, oh, a bizarre chase ends on I 5, ending with a naked screaming driver being tased. Billy Bob Thornton cancels his Canadian band tour. America's top model auditions in New York go much better the second time around. Women are wanted to stick their heads in toilets. And a Pasadena burglar is caught wearing stolen women's underwear.
3: By the way, we should say that we're not actually looking for women to stick their heads in toilets. No, That's not that, a thing that we're seeking. That would be seeking. goofy morning show. Please, you, you – uh, well, let's just take that one story and give it a little more uh, explanation right now so that it doesn't just sort of sit out there not understood.
4: Well, it, it was just a tease. Uh, this is a story from a court case in Wisconsin where a judge is trying to uh, give a more graphic testimony about a woman – who allegedly drowned in the toilet. So he wants to recruit some other woman or women to relive this scene so he can have more graphic evidence. Oh, I
3: see. So he's looking for volunteers to sort of reenact it.
4: That is true, yes.
3: All right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 503-733-2970 uh, coming up in the uh, remainder of this hour. Uh, Greg Nibbler is actually going to step into the studio here, uh, not right now, but uh, in the next segment, I think, because he has he has a personal anecdote uh, about something that we discussed last hour. So we'll do a little bit of a callback to that. More from Tim Riley later on seeing a radio correspondent Amanda Moyer from CNN uh, Radio in Capitol Hill. Uh, let's see, and we'll do the top five most imitated rock singers of all time. All right, I want to just play just a little bit of something that I got here. This is from, let's see, Trina emails this in, and the subject is The Knife Guy. Rick, did you watch Breaking Bad last night? Uh, the answer to that is no, and I got a lot of people asking me if I'm watching season two of Breaking Bad.
2: I didn't see season one, but I've heard that it's good. It's so good, but God, is it depressing. It's mm. just,
3: it, depressing Even isn't even right, the right word for it. It, it. I mean, it is depressing, but that's not really it's a fantastic show don't get me wrong breaking bad is really wonderful it stars the guy he was the dad from Malcolm in the middle and i didn't i wasn't really a fan of malcolm in the middle but everybody on there was a, you know everybody in there is a great actor i mean this is you know a, a talented cast and i was curious to see what the guy was going to do and breaking bad is it's a great idea for a show i mean the the sort of premise is That he's just kind of this nebbish uh, chemistry teacher. I mean, he's never really made much of himself. Doesn't have a lot of money. Finds out that he's got, I don't know, like three years to live or something. He's got terminal cancer. And he's a brilliant science teacher. So he just decides to go into business selling crystal meth. Because he needs to rack up as much money as possible to take care of his family after he's dead. So he is just this suburban high school chemistry teacher who becomes a meth manufacturer to take care of his family. That's kind of the premise. And so he is... You know, during the day, he's living the life of just you know, just the high school teacher, and then at night, he's running this sort of criminal empire. But the show is just—it's just bleak. I mean, bleak almost beyond my ability to describe it. And it's got some really—you know—it's got some black humor. It's got some real sort of dark comedy to it. But you watch the show, and it's like you—you you sort of feel like you're covered in a fine layer of grit at the end. And it just became too much of a buzzkill. I—I I, maybe I'll go back to it. I had to kind of pull the ripcord. Mm-hmm. Anyway. She says, Rick, last night in an episode of Breaking Bad, blaring on a TV in the meth house was none other than the infamous, uh, infamous Knife Guy infomercial. Sweet Jesus. So, And they've sent along some of the audio. The Knife Guy is
2: on every morning, P.S. The Knife Guy is
3: everywhere. Constantly. He is Constantly. omnipresent. And so if you have never heard The Knife Guy, we play the audio from this every now and again. So it's, it's probably just as well that we give some context to this. So The Knife Guy, and I think the actual name of the show is Cutlery Corner. I don't think I don't think it's just called like knife guy, but that's what everybody calls it. That is the name by which it is colloquially known. So Cutlery Corner is the show that does sell. Yes, nothing but knives. knives. And that's all the guy does is he just sits there and he just pitches knives and swords and other cutting implements uh, to you. And his delivery is is just so unbelievable. And he has that thing where the first time you see the knife infomercial, do you know what channel it's on?
2: No, it's it seems like it's on random channels every time I flip through. So it's
3: not like he does he sublet you know time or whatever from one of the home I, shopping what, honestly, channels.
2: Honestly, every day I wake up super early in the morning. All the channels are playing something different.
4: Tim, hmm, I've seen the ShamWow guy like a zillion times over the weekend.
3: Really, have you seen it since the unpleasantness?
4: Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, I. Walgreens has this huge sh- ShamWow 1999, so they've ordered an extra stock of them. Actually, I
2: just went to Walgreens last week and bought um, my friend a ShamWow for his birthday. Well, there
3: is no such thing it's as bad publicity.
2: It was kind of fun, I have to say. So I don't
3: know whether the Knife Guy is whether that is like a syndicated show that networks like the Home Shopping Channel or whatever are airing as part of their lineup, or whether he is owned by one of them. Because it Sarah's right that he really does. It does seem to happen on every channel. Like, all the time. So this well, is... Well, it's
2: weird, because some mornings, like, Jerry Springer will be on. Other mornings, like, Steve Wilkos. Then other mornings, it'll be, like, NYPD Blue. And they're all seemingly on the same channel, but just on different days.
3: Like, there's some Stanley the Spadowski guy who's just sort of, a like, randomly jabbing buttons up yeah, at the uh, TV station. Yeah, I was station. watching
2: NYPD Blue this morning, and then the episode that I was watching was over at 4.15. Fantastic. It didn't make any sense.
3: This is a little bit of the knife guy. Uh, let's see. He is uh, showing, I believe, uh, classic metal folding knives... And then a thing called the Fang of Berlin, not Berlin, Balin. It, and it's shaped like a dragon's uh, tooth, of course. So this is, um, Sarah, am I up over there? Yes, you are. All right, let me see if I can... Uh...
8: I on pouch with this one, we have included the custom design pieces by Tom Anderson. Not one, not two, but you will receive four. Tom Anderson custom-designed pieces by Master Knives. Let me point those out for you.
3: Now, this is the best part. Master Knives. He's just told you how many you're going to receive. You're going to receive four. Four. He just said that, and also, by the way, on the screen, in big letters it said, uh, as he was saying it, you will receive four knives. So he just told you ten seconds ago how many knives you're going to be receiving. But what does he do for us now? One... Two, three,
8: four. Now, let me point out the remaining master knives in this set. Those are by master, but custom designed by Tom Anderson. Now, you will receive this master knife, this master knife. I believe uh, this one falls in the master knife category, doesn't it? It's one of the
3: super knives. It's a super knife. Really?
8: And right now you are getting in on the ultimate metal set. You can own it, pennies on the dollar. We're only going to spend just a brief amount
3: of time here. Here's the strange thing about the NAF guy too, is that he picks really odd places in the sentence to ramp up the energy. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's sort of like you know, this is like conventional.
2: inflects his words. Right, and then,
3: but it's almost like. It's like he just sort of throws darts at the script and picks arbitrary places at which he's got to amp up his energy, and then he'll go for long stretches where he just does like his normal sort of gravelly monotone, and then for no readily apparent reason, he gets all excited again, and he sounds like some weird redneck methed out Bill Cosby, you know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm going to have a
3: pudding pop about another 30 seconds
8: allowing you to get your orders placed at an 89.95 welcome to the oldest knife collector show in the world Any order placed on our website shopping on tv.com will allow you to get this set on your doorstep
3: See right like right there
2: on your doorstep
3: it's like I, I so desperately want to see the teleprompter the copy or whatever and just to see if that was underlined or bolded or if that's like if that's just like a little stylistic trill that he's kind of throwing in on his own. Uh, we'll uh, we'll just wrap up this segment that he's doing here.
8: At no additional charge for shipping and handling. Here you go, folks. Last look, last call for this one. Yowza. Almost got me. Luckily, it didn't. My guys, I'm going to move this. Over here, if if that's all right.
3: Now, that's really frustrating, because it sounds as though he almost maimed himself, but unfortunately, it wasn't on camera, because they're just showing this picture of the one, two, three, four knives right here.
8: Is that okay?
3: Right there. All righty. Now,
8: coming up, as promised, I've got... A Kit Ray item that has been extremely popular for a series Shopping Home. Unfortunately, only have about 100 of these remaining that we can liquidate. So I will not be here a great deal of time. This is known as the Fang of Baylin. The Fang of Baylin is by United Cutlery. It's a custom design.
3: And by the way, the, the Fang of Baylin, and if you want to look this up, it's Fang, just you know, like a sense. Fang of Baylin, and it's B-A-E-L-I-N. There's no way to describe how ludicrous this knife looks. It is like um, two curved blade ni- knives that are then held together in sort of a U shape.
2: That's ridiculous. Yeah,
3: it, it's like a U-shaped implement.
2: Looks like a Klingon war sword. That's but, ex- small.
3: but see, that's exactly it. It's so imagine like a, imagine a U, you know, or maybe like a letter C. And the curves, the sides of the C are the knives, and then the back of the uppercase C, that's the handle. But, of course, then the handle has like a little pewter spike, and I do believe the entire thing is made to look like a, uh, like a dragon's wing.
8: by A gentleman by the name of Kit Ray. Kit Ray made ten separate designs this year alone. This just happens to be number three, I believe. That's his a microphone, I think. In his series. And, uh, let me check this out. Yes, this is number three. You will get the knife, the, fang.
3: the thing.
2: The thing. You will of get is the It's a great
8: stand to display the thing on. That's, look how special that is.
3: And so then he's he's holding it in his hand as though he's about to gouge the camera guy with it. And incidentally, you can also tell when the NAF guy, when he's not entirely familiar with the product, like it's something that he's just been handed, or maybe they've just put the copy in front of him, because that's when he starts speaking really slowly. And he wants you to understand what a great item this is. And it's like he's sort of having to push every word out. So we've got that, and then uh, there's a second cut from the knife guy that we'll get to here in just a bit. So,
4: Oh, did you know he may have gotten that job by default because he was the one in that other cut? Remember when the guy gets stabbed with his own knife? He was the one that came on stage and said, we uh, may need some emergency surgery in the studio.
3: See, somebody told me that because there's that infomercial, and I don't know if it was the same show, but where the guy is showing the the, the katana or whatever that thing is called. Yeah. And it's where the – it's uh, – have you seen this where the guy has the samurai sword and he goes, let me show you how this samurai sword works. You take it out and then you, ah! and then he, he, like he gouges himself. It's like he, he gashes himself in the stomach or in the arm or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll find it. I have the clip uh, that will play on the other side here. But he, the, the guy is taking out the samurai sword and he tries to sort of hit it against the counter to show how strong it, it is snaps, and guess. it snaps yeah. and then just it like goes into him and he manages to sort of cut oh. himself up and this guy the knife guy he is the guy who runs onto camera from off stage and sort of tries to you know we're gonna need some help here and i think that he must have just said my god who is that man give him his own show he heats the lens so it's uh,
4: one of those hollywood stories Yeah,
3: really it really is tim it's just like sitting next to Lana Turner at a... His uh...
4: own Schwab's
3: drugstore. I like me! i an orange cream drink! Who are you? My name is Cecil B. DeMille. I'd love to act! Tim Riley ahead. Greg Nibbler later on. Queens right tickets. Uh, we'll have today's top five as well. Top five most imitated singers in all of rock history. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: Don't exchange blood with a hooker.
1: Oh, that touches me. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
3: and the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us today. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, we'll be giving you a... Yes, you. You right there. Yes, you with, with the mole right there to the left of your, uh, left your chin. We're going to be giving you a pair of passes to see Queens at the Roseland this Saturday. Now, along with that, uh, will come a pair of tickets to see them, uh, at a, very, I mean, it's. Um, I think, I, I think it's like fewer than fifteen people. It's actually a very small, private, exclusive acoustic performance by Queensryche. Uh, it's going to be happening this Saturday. Now,
2: are we allowed to say what song that we know that they're playing?
3: uh no.
2: Okay, probably not. I think it's we're, uh, awesome. I
3: it's, and I actually want to clarify that it's actually not. It's a, it's a. I, I believe it is just a single ticket to the exclusive acoustic performance. A pair of tickets to the Roseland. To so be clear about that, tickets to Queensryche Saturday, April eighteenth, and entry to a private listener only KUFO performance with Queensryche. Earlier in the day. So that's sometime uh, today. We'll also count down the top five most imitated rock singers in all of human history. We want to take just a brief moment here before we uh, find out what stories Tim Riley is working upon to say this. Congratulations, Tiffany Walker! You have won the Jaegermeister Tour grand prize of a Jaeger customized Schechter guitar, a PV amplifier, a Jaegermeister tap machine, and a JVC HD radio. Uh, so that is uh, in aid of the Jägermeister Music Tour, which is coming to the Roseland. That is uh, tomorrow, is it not?
2: It is indeed. Yeah, it's a crazy week for shows. There's so many bands playing got this got
3: Gaslight Anthem tonight and then Pennywise tomorrow. And then
2: Pennywise tomorrow. And then like there were a ton of shows happening this weekend. As well. It's going to be madness.
3: All right. So the Jägermeister uh, music tour is coming to the Roseland tomorrow. Tiffany Walker, you have won the Jägermeister tour grand prize of a Jäger customized Schecter guitar, PVM, Jägermeister tap machine, and a JVC HD radio. Congratulations to you. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Monday morning.
4: Saving Captain Phillips. Three pirates are killed by sharpshooters as the hostage drama is brought to a close. A patriot is stabbed at Boss Hogs Bar in Northeast. A suspicious package in Hillsboro contains a leg, not a bomb. There's plenty of highway mischief to report. A woman is nearly eaten by a polar bear at a zoo and is ticketed for trespassing. Billy Bob Thornton cancels his Canadian band tour. America's top model auditions in New York go much better the second time around. And a Pasadena burglar is caught
3: wearing stolen women's underwear. That's no good. Greg Nibbler, can you uh, join us in the studio, please? That would be fantabulous if you could could do that. So Greg is going to give a a personal follow-up to something that we were discussing last hour. And then here's the thing. We're all going to make a pact like Skull and Bone style to never discuss it again. It's just I need feel like I need to have some sort of a, a closure on this. All right, uh, Greg Nibbler, production assistant extraordinaire. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing? Today? I am fantastic. Excellent. Hey, hey how's that? Uh, how's that? Brett Michaels clarification going? Uh, yeah, that's going great.
5: Uh, considering the answering machine is full and uh, the woman sounds like she's intoxicated on their
3: answering machine. So, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe she's been spending a fun weekend in Gresham with uh. Luella Schlarp or whatever it is, that woman from the mugshot. <laughs> um, all right. So last hour we were talking to CNN radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, who I think – I mean, it seems like she must be – like maybe she got caught stealing from the CNN refrigerator or maybe she's just paying down some karma or something because they've got her, I swear to God, covering bed bugs. And it says, bedbugs, are you letting them bite? An increase in bedbug infestation prompts the Environmental Protection Agency to hold a summit on the top. What a barn burner that must be, by the way. There's a b- bunch of guys in a room talking about the red things that suck your blood while you sleep. So I don't, to the best of our knowledge, I don't think anybody here, uh, you know, Sarah, Tim, myself, bedbug incident, Sarah? No. Tim, bedbugs? bugs? No. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, I don't believe so. that I'm so. aware of. Well, see, that's the thing is, you wouldn't, I mean, the thing is, they're, you know, they're like communists. You never really know where they are. Uh, you know, they're a tiny red menace that creeps into your home, and then before you know it, you're just, uh, you, you can't even get rid of them. So I don't think I've ever had that. I mean, I've, ha you know, I've experienced the, uh, you know, the problem where you look down and you've got like a bump or you've got a, a bite or something, and you're not quite sure how it transpired. Bed bugs, that sounds like an oddly specific thing. It is that she said that it wasn't like a like a catch-all term for just stuff that savages you while you're asleep. These are actual specific creatures. And so we're mentioning this on the air. And then I guess there's a note on the screen from Greg, and it says, I have a bed bug incident. So please to relay said bed bug story, Greg. All right. Well,
5: it's, uh, it's uh, actually in combination with something else, too. I went down to California probably about a year ago for about three or four days in San Diego, followed by a couple of days in Hollywood with a friend. San Diego went fine. Going great there. And uh, the last day, we go bowling. And I go to sleep that night. My eye is kind of itching just a little bit. I thought, you know, we were out on the beach. I just had sand in it. Uh, no big deal. The next day, it's a little bit red. We go up to uh, our friend's house in Hollywood, and we're staying the night there. We go out to dinner, and my eye is just oozing. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> is—we're out of dinner. Luckily, we're in a wow. dark restaurant, and I'm wearing sunglasses, <laughs> so I just look like a douche anyway. Like, I'm trying to be some Hollywood star. We well, are in
2: L.A., so that's okay. Yeah, I
3: am in L.A. So, and, uh, my- I love, by a- the way, I love the image of you in a fashionable re- restaurant <laughs> with, you know, like, really stylish hip shades on, and then just ooze coming out from behind <laughs> the shades. I'm
7: trying to cover know. it up
3: the entire time too. And uh, what's that guy doing? No, he's uh, he's oozing. It's what all I mean. Everybody's doing. It oh, now. And it, it really is. Uh, it's the new Botox. <laughs>
5: and it was it was gross. But luckily, it was just in that one eye at that point. So I figured, you know, I just really irritated it, sand, whatever. Go to sleep that night. I wake up in the middle of the night, and both of my eyes are completely crusted shut. <sighs> That's wonderful. Absolutely disgusting. Thank you. Yeah, and I know just a little imagery for you. And um. So the next day, we have to go to the doctor, and, uh, of course, I have pink eye, which it was a pain just to find a doctor, actually, in Hollywood. Believe it or not, every doctor we called spoke Russian or didn't accept Blue Cross Blue Shield. So it took probably half a day to find a doctor to go to, finally get the stuff for the pink eye. Um, And we decide to not stay at our friend's house because we don't want to infect it. So we stay at this hotel just down the street. We find a good deal on one. uh, on I think it was on Sunset Boulevard go to sleep that night everything's fine wake up the next day and we went to uh universal studios or something and uh it was they was, had like were your a,
3: eyes any better by this point oh
5: no they were they were completely red <laughs> oh. I, oh yeah and so i had to wear sunglasses That's going right. into the which is the horrible but i wanted to go to the park anyway because we were go there wander around
3: in a sunny smog filled city while my eyes are crusted shut <laughs> and then go it's to, the best uh, vacation ever
5: oh yeah it was already so i haven't wear sunglasses all day long and uh we go to, I think it was like Jurassic Park ride or something. There's a lot of bugs around. And we notice later on that day we have like some some bites and things. And I was thinking, well, we were just around a bunch of mosquitoes. You know, that's probably all it was. And this is our last night in L.A. And we go to sleep that night. Wake up. I mean, we had to catch the flight at like 5 or something in the morning. So we had to be up really early. Wake up covered in welts all <laughs> over our body. Oh. Covered in welts, the Greg Nibbler story. <laughs> I mean, it was everywhere. And I, and I mean that they they were all over us and, and when um, you say all over I mean all oh, over yeah I mean everywhere I think I think I know what we're speaking uh of. yes and uh oh. they are extremely itchy they were huge welts they're they were like redder than mosquito bites they were I mean bright red now welts was it all more over. of a uh, was it more of an
3: itch or more of a pain uh it was
5: both it was so itch. they itch
2: do they bite you or do they burrow
5: I think they bite you No, I think ticks oh. ticks burrow yeah okay. yeah think- they don't burrow. you don't carry them with you per se but they get in your stuff though and so that's another problem. So all of our what luggage- What do you mean they
3: get in your stuff? Oh, like your luggage. All of our luggage, oh, yeah, could okay.
5: potentially all be right. carrying so bed that's, bugs.
3: Wait, so it's like an itch, but then when you try
5: to scratch it, it actually hurts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it hurts, and you know you can make it bleed. I mean, it's just yeah, it's so, horrible. it's so it's like
3: an insect attack combo plate. Yes, that's exactly. And then, that's great.
5: So, so like we, uh, we check out, and we tried to complain to the place, but they have one of those- uh, It was like bars over the windows and really just slide <laughs> the key in. And I tried to talk to the guy- and, uh, you know, he didn't speak the best English. And I'm like, look. You I mean, know, my, I'm covered in welts. Yeah, look I'm like, at me. look at
3: us. And they're all over our face and everything. I mean, like, You oh, guys God. have bed bugs. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. No, no, no. Here's the, here's the best yeah. part, by the way, is that you can understand exactly why he wouldn't speak to you. <laughs> yeah. Because your eyes yeah. are oozing and crusted <laughs> shut. Yeah. You're wearing sunglasses. You're covered in welts. And you're thrusting your arms at him, trying to show him <laughs> like the lesions that are all over your body. <laughs> no, no, no. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know just and I'm just let me in. Seriously, I, I, exactly, and I'm just picturing you uh, looking like you just came from the Monroeville Mall. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you just stumbled out of a, out of like a sarcophagus somewhere. Like no, 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 sir. I'm trying to show you something. And just uh, leaning in. and of course, no wonder he was just like, no, I would like you to leave now.
5: <laughs> that, that was pretty much what happened. That's so we wonderful. We had to go to the airport. Completely no sleep. covered in welts, <laughs> eyes looking like they're bleeding. I'm amazed they let us onto the plane. But... This is
3: the best story ever. Please. <laughs> Tell me that you had to sit next to some strangers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Absolutely sit next to some strangers. That's what Honey, do you mind if
2: I switch seats? <laughs> I'm no. going to sit next to the bleedy guy. I'm, <laughs>
3: I'm going to spend the whole trip in the lavatory. Just tell them that I'm <laughs> under this blanket. That's great. Did you have to burn your clothing? Uh, we, well, yeah, we threw it out. That's,
2: we threw it out, that's, yeah. That's, that's awesome. a bummer. Did yeah.
5: you
3: bring any bed bugs home with you? Did they show up anywhere else?
5: We, uh, we read, like, a whole bunch of stuff. We got all kinds of stuff to spray the entire so house. You got and so got bed Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Like, sprayed it with all this kind of poison raid stuff, like, specific for bed bugs, and then just threw the suitcases back in a corner uh, in the basement and didn't touch them for a year. You're supposed to wait for, like, a year, because they can, like, live there for a year, so. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, horrible.
3: Please tell me there are photos.
5: Oh, there are photos.
3: Okay, you got to bring those in. All
5: right, I'll, I'll bring some of them in. They Excellent. are quite gruesome.
3: Thank you. All right, there you go. Production assistant Greg Nibbler. That's wonderful. It's 503-733-2970. Just ahead, we'll go to the news desk with Tim Riley. Uh, later on, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Queensryche Saturday, April 18th, and entry to a private listener-only KUFO performance with the band earlier in the day. So we'll be listening for that. Let's do the top five. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
8: What a catastrophe!
1: This is Rock One Hundred and One, KUFO. Okay,
3: I'm moving on. I'm a pro neat. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-733-2970. Don't forget, coming up later on today... We're giving away a pair of tickets to see Queensryche this coming Saturday at the Roseland, uh, along with entry to a private listener-only KUFO performance uh, by Queensryche, an acoustic performance at an undisclosed location. So that's coming up. Uh, also, the top five, the top five most imitated rock singers in all of human history, plus Lisa Desjardins. we've got a uh, geek watch coming up today. He, uh, heek Hick watch, uh, religious heek. religious nutcase watch, uh, taser watch, and so forth. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. <coughs>
1: In the news with Tim Riley.
4: A suspicious package contains a leg, but not a bomb. It was a scary situation. Turned into a strange one when the bomb squad determined that a suspicious package outside the Washington County Sheriff's Office instead contained a prosthetic leg. The uh, sergeant over there, uh, Sergeant Stimpler, said deputies called the Portland bomb squad out to Hillsboro yesterday afternoon after noticing a canvas bag with a cylinder shaped object sticking out. So they brought out the robot. The bomb squad quickly discovered the object was not explosive. They still don't know whose leg is inside the bag, but if you're missing a prosthetic leg, please contact the uh, Washington County Sheriff's Office. they will be glad to return it to you. Coming to Seattle grocery store soon, and that problem will come down here eventually, some exciting new plastic food packaging. From now on, soup in Seattle will come in a plastic bag instead of a can. The
6: package is usually a, a plastic pouch. Is flushed with a mixture of oxygen and, and carbon dioxide, and that's to help keep the, the produce, like cut lettuce or broccoli or carrots, all sorts of kinds of produce, fresh longer.
3: That's Dr. Kate Cooksley. Wait a minute, but I don't understand. So she was talking about produce, but what do you mean the soup is going to come in a bag?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, or things like soup. Uh, apparently soup is going to be one of the things that you're going to eventually find in one of these plastic bags.
3: Who wants to buy soup in a bag? I, look, maybe I'm no. missing. Am I missing something here? Is it like a really is? Is it a really nifty bag? What is the nature of the bag?
4: Uh, let's see here. Well, it's an exciting new plastic food packaging.
3: Okay, that's a lie. Well, okay, maybe not. I mean, maybe not a lie. It might actually be exciting, especially and- because I'm just saying. I picture soup in a bag. Mm-hmm. I picture uh, either a doing that thing where you're. How do you even eat soup out of a bag? That doesn't even make any sense. Well, that's right. Is this soup
4: like the astronauts eat, Tim? Possibly. They're even working on flexible containers that will sound alarms when the contents have reached the end of their shelf
3: life. I don't want soup in a flexible container. I want soup in a rigid container.
6: Dr. Cooksley said you better get used to it. An example of that is the, what they call a retort pouch, which is uh, basically a flexible can. And uh, you don't even need a can opener because it's in this um, easy-open plastic laminated pouch.
3: Mm, I'm very. First mm-hmm. of all, is she a food specialist named Dr. Cooksley? Really?
6: She is a professor of packaging
3: science. Oh, packaging science. Okay. Do you ever see somebody who has? They have a, a doctorate in something like? I was watching that. Do you ever watch that show, uh, Heavyweights, on the Food Network? No. Oh, no. I talk about that show all the time. You got to watch that. It's one of the best things on TV. Uh, Heavyweights is the best. Uh, it's the the perfect confluence because. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, that they've managed to take a whole uh, genre of television program that traditionally was not watched by men, and they've made it guy friendly. Because for the longest time, if you were watching TV shows, it was basically just Julie Child, and then there was who was that guy? Who's the Galloping Gourmet? Tim? Oh, you remember Graham
4: Kerr. Was that him? Yeah. Then he moved to Canada and became a hippie. Really. Mm-hmm. And he was never seen again.
3: Uh, I don't approve. And then there was the frugal gourmet, uh, who was not seen again for reasons that were altogether less pleasant. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then there was – I think that might have been it. Well, there's Paul Perdome and then there was Emeril, who I hate for some reason. I can't really quantify why, but that guy bugs me. And I know I say Bam a lot, but that Emeril uh, Lagasse, Lagasse? Whatever his I name see is, his name. I don't know who he is. Oh, he drives me crazy. Somebody French. Uh, so does Wolfgang Puck, incidentally. And, I, and again, it's not like I've ever met him. Wolfgang Puck's never done anything to me. I just dislike him for some reason. But they've managed to make this sort of confluence of programming that appeals very strongly to men. And what it is is they take a cooking show or a food show and they merge it with something else. For example, Anthony Bourdain is. Uh, food mixed with sort of uh, adventure and traveling and kind of being a guy and, like, smoking. They ought to just call it Anthony Bourdain smokes cigarettes and looks like a badass in various countries around the world. Because that's all it is, right? I'm Anthony Bourdain, and here I am in uh, Laos wearing a leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, being cooler than you ever will. The knife, guy,
4: the knife Guy samples French wine. How would that be for a show?
3: They should totally give the Knife Guy a food show. And I'm telling you right now, Knife Network, I would watch that. I would, too. I would, too. So Anthony Bourdain is just a sort of being a badass and eating in other countries. That Dave him Z- 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 M- the guy that does uh, bizarre foods, whatever that is, that's like a stunt-eating sort of like Joey Chestnut eating contest kind of thing Meats, uh, meets food because that's where I like he'll go to, I don't know, like Seoul or someplace, and he'll eat like horse hoof soup from a guy who just makes it in like some sort of a pot, you know, sitting on a street corner. So there's that. And then there's heavyweights. And heavyweights is the mix of pop culture and competition uh, meets food because heavyweights will take two companies that operate in competition with one another and then they will give you the history of both. So they'll do like Hershey versus the M&M Mars Company or uh, Oreo versus Hydrox or like uh, like McDonald's versus Burger King, which is just – which is uh, quite something. And you watch that show – and they will just talk about this, just like the strangest, most interesting minutiae that you, have, you could ever have imagined with that. What was my
4: point? Uh, I don't remember, about, but I'm sitting here waiting.
3: You were talking about soup yes. in a can?
4: Yes. Anyway. Yeah. How you don't like soup in a can.
3: But so as a guy who watches a lot of food programming, you know, you start to think about stuff like this. And maybe what they've done is maybe when they say soup in a can, it's not so much in a can as it is one of those like laminated boxes that like soy milk or something comes in. Or sometimes like a soup stock, you know mm. what I'm talking about. If you get yeah. like oh yeah, I-, I
2: buy soup in like little paper containers. See, so
3: I, okay, so I would almost eat soup out of that because almost. otherwise, well, because then because otherwise you're going to be doing that thing of like you know you're a guy driving around and you're setting something between your legs while you're driving. I don't want to set for a bag full of soup between my legs. Also, who eats
4: soup while driving? Wouldn't that be dangerous? Well, you
3: don't. You know why? Because uh, it's not convenient, and also if it was in a bag, then you know the bag's inevitably going to spring a leak. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you were to put a can of soup. In some sort of drinkable hand held con- you know handheld container, I might actually do that. All right. I can tell you. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. That's fine. That's you know what that's a lie right there. You're just pacifying me. That's uh I'm being humored, Tim. Let's do one more and uh then we will uh, be rejoined by Tim Riley on the other side of the top of the hour. Time for a hick watch. Here's your hick watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio show.
8: Copenhagen makes me feel scared. So
3: Here's Tim Riley with your Hick Watch for Monday.
4: This comes to us from a place called Burnsville. Two weeks, a few weeks late after Valentine's Day, a Burnsville man faces charges. He tried to impress a lady companion by playing Rambo and shooting arrows at neighborhood <laughs> residences in his townhouse complex with well a done. powerful bow. Well done, sir. Burnsville police found arrows in the siding of more than one townhouse along River Roads Lane. Another arrow had gone through a patio door, shadowing the glass. Neighbors quickly pointed police to the likely Cupid. Criminal complaint has been uh, filed against Kyle Kenneth Fletcher, 30 years old. It alleges he uh, appeared extremely intoxicated when questioned by police, as did his lady friend. She told the officers that she and Fletcher had been drinking all night, and Fletcher grabbed his bow and arrow and walked out onto the deck. Uh, She said she thought Fletcher wanted to play Rambo. Questioned by police, Fletcher initially uh, denied being the culprit, although police found arrows on his floor
3: (laughs) and a bow on the deck. I don't know where these came from.
4: He admitted he... He finally admitted he did so for bleep and giggles. Uh, Compound bow uses pulleys and cables to bend the bowline, storing
3: energy before releasing such an arrow. But, I mean, does he... uh was ever explained sort of why he was doing it? Was it to, was it to gain it her was respect? To, it was to
4: impress her. It was to impress a lady.
3: But, I mean, it's late at night. You can't see where they're going. Well, maybe that was his whole plan. Well, maybe the nightclub
4: closes down, and you go home. <laughs> and what else was there
3: to do? They were waiting for a... There was just... A... There was nothing good on G4 at the moment, and so he decided just to fire arrows blindly into the night. And maybe his theory is it's pitch black outside, so she can't see where the arrows are going. So he can just sort of claim that they're, that they're hitting the target. She won't be able to disprove it. She's impressed, and then l'amour.
2: Sexy time. Yes, indeed.
3: All right, there you go. Nothing nothing sexier than a bunch of drunk hicks uh, humping it out inside their apartment that's covered with arrows everywhere.
4: Unless they're in Gresham in a wheelchair. That's right,
3: Tim. There's nothing at all sexier than that. <sighs> it's your Hick Watch from Monday. The Rick Emerson Show.
8: Copenhagen,
1: Times I horrify myself.
3: The
8: way I know it should Well, I- Spitting, slobbering all around the house That COVID-19 makes me feel so good
3: By the way, How about you? that Gresham uh, reference will be followed up on here in just a few minutes. It's the Rick yeah. Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, k u f o and we're done. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Monday. Don't forget, sometime before the end of this hour, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to Queensreck Saturday, April 18th, and entry to a private, listener-only KUFO performance with Queensreck earlier uh, in the day. Sponsored by Miller Lite. Best tasting light beer, triple hopped for great taste. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs>
1: In the news with Tim Riley. Somebody gets stabbed at Boss
4: Hog's Bar. This is at 617 Northeast 102nd Avenue. The stabbing victim dick into the hospital with serious, non life threatening injuries. Then, if you want to see something that'll stick in your head for the rest of the day, you have to see a picture of this woman. This Gresham woman we're about to talk about, she's 30 years old. Her name is Jennifer Lynn Wills. And if you haven't seen her picture, go to RileyLive.com right now.
3: So I'm looking at this photograph. This is at uh, RileyLive.com. R-I-L-E-Y Live.com.
4: This is a photo of a wheelchair. This is, by the way, the mugshot. The mugshot of the wheelchair-bound Gresham woman who has been arrested following a five-month-long investigation. She's 30. That's right. Not a typo. 30-year-old Jennifer Lynn Wills accused of giving drugs and alcohol to teenage boys and girls.
3: You know, the fact that she's 30 years old And then is,
4: demanding sex. I mean, I'm looking at... it. it, it
3: it's, it's just so weird. I mean, you would think that the grease would preserve her. I mean, because mm. she does seem to have been dipped in some sort of tallow before this mugshot.
2: She looks like a white trash, uglier version of the lady from Poltergeist. Uh,
3: that's our assessment, by the assessment. way. Assessment. As protected by the First Amendment.
4: That's one person's opinion. But she could be a picture of beauty to say a Gresham teenager. That's
2: true. Well, who are we to take away that magic from them?
4: That's true. She's been arrested on six counts of sex abuse. Three counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor along with several other charges. She's currently being held in the Multnomah County Detention Center. Her bail, $137,000. Now, there could be other victims. All you kids out there who thought they were having a good time. <laughs> who thought that? I want to know. I With a wheelchair-bound Gresham woman
3: really who and sarah really uh, nailed it when he, if you were to take that uh, zelda rubenstein i think is her name from you know that uh, from polter the go to the the lion, Carrie Ann, that woman if you were to take her and to maybe force feed her for a while and that woman was no i mean it right. wasn't like she was a slip of a of a right. woman either you kids are just hurting yourselves <laughs> i would i would imagine that she's probably hurting them as well she seems like a woman of weight <laughs> also i don't mean to work blue here but i
4: well she demanded these things of these kids in exchange, allegedly, for drugs
3: and alcohol. I mean, she just looks, um, she looks, I, I would say, unappealing. This is just my opinion, again. Well, they must have
2: taken a
4: lot of drugs and alcohol, but I, <laughs> I don't know the mind of a Gresham teenager, do you, mind you. Do you, suppose that she, uh,
3: do you suppose that she sort of gave them the drugs and alcohol around a corner before they were allowed to see her? This is at her apartment in Gresham. But, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like maybe, Like, maybe she stayed in a sort of dimly lit part of the room uh, uh-huh. And they came in. Uh, hello, I'm looking for the sex and the uh, and the the drugs and the. Uh, uh, well, it's they're over there in a bag behind the couch. Why can't I see you? What do you look like? It doesn't matter. Uh, here, drink that bottle of wild turkey, and then uh, then we'll have uh, then we'll have relations. Okay, but I. Why are you wearing a hood over your head? I. What are you trying to hide from me? Nothing. Just uh. Just drink that, Be, because I can't imagine. Also, you know, when I'm looking at this mugshot. Well, they would go
4: to her apartment. In the thirty-five hundred block of Northeast Seventeenth, all you teenagers out there must know what I'm talking about. It was probably it was the, it was the sex house. Have you got what was her it, last name? Her name is Jennifer Lynn Wills. You probably talked about this on uh, what's that? Uh, Tazzle or Tazel or Tazel Twizzer. Uh,
3: now I don't even know what you're talking about.
4: That thing that you were on the a other Taser day. A Twitter Twitter.
3: All right, the I'm looking at this and it's not as though. It's not as though she just got photographed on an off day, right? That's right. the thing with this mugshot. It's not like they picked the one day that she didn't look like Raquel Welch or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I just uh, – if I'd only had a chance to powder my face a little bit.
4: So So with these teenagers – sending notes to each other saying, let's get together at Jennifer Lynn Will's house today. How
3: badly could you want to get drunk? Uh, it seems here like if she's giving these kids uh, drugs and, or it was marijuana and So they're and paying booze, her
2: in the sexual favors, right? So they're
3: giving, allegedly here. They allegedly. Are, they were then giving this woman uh, sexual favors. Because she
2: demanded it
4: the, in exchange for this marijuana and alcohol. And
3: so she was giving them weed and alcohol. And again, we don't advocate that any young person uh, abuse themselves with any substance. I'm just saying... It seems like the sort of solution is in the problem there. It's like if you're going to be with this woman, I would imagine you need a few belts. I mean, look, you would be a fully grown man. Because well, we don't know
4: how long they were there before this act
3: was initiated. Do you suppose that, I mean, was it that, do you suppose maybe she lured them in with the one, like she lured them in with the weed, and they said, hey, uh, weed, okay, uh, well, what do we owe you? And she said... I'll show you what you owe me and then the kimono sort of parted uh, and they saw the road to hell and and then suddenly the kids were like well I I don't know that I can do that you're uh, you're hideous maybe it's not so bad after all and but but then maybe you know maybe the other stimulants or the other chemicals were there to um and
4: she said don't worry about it, kids it's just skin maybe I shouldn't have said that
3: <laughs> by the way anytime somebody uses that phrase uh-huh. it's time to call the police Uh,
4: I remember it because I used to be a night jock and heard it quite often from listeners.
3: What do you mean you would hear from listeners, it's just skin?
4: What does that even mean? When
3: they would call you up and proposition you. But I mean, what, what turn would the conversation take where somebody had to assure you by saying, quote, it's just skin? Because they would send me their pictures by mail. By mail. By mail. That this means, means they were. The internet. I mean, here's the thing. Look, you really had to be like a devoted, horny, nutcase listener to be sending a photograph. But I don't and think... they have like knitting needles in their hair. <laughs> but what was the, I mean, in what context would the phrase, don't worry, it's just skin be used to you as a DJ? Well, obviously, they, they knew they weren't the most
4: attractive people oh, under, and probably thought that there were other people.
3: So they, they might knew, have also sent their pictures in. They knew they were vying with many suitors for the attention of the evening DJ. Yes. And and so uh, – But
4: that's where that reference comes really, from. And
3: really, that's the best they could do in terms of trying to, get, trying to sell themselves to you? They were,
4: and, and they would say, well, I have a pair of tickets to the county
3: fair. So it wasn't <laughs> there's, there's even some,
4: like – There's some horse pulling going on there that we don't want to miss. Really? Yes.
3: Oh, you mean actual horse pulling? Yes. I thought you meant like, hey, you don't want to miss the horse pulling that's going to happen later. No.
4: <laughs> that probably uh, happened at this residence <laughs> in Gresham. Uh, okay. Well, so, wild horses couldn't keep them away.
3: I like the idea that the listeners, though, uh, back when you were a country, this is when you were a country DJ or when you were yeah. playing love songs? I think both. So that- Back like, in
4: the days, when people would send things in the mail.
3: Like w- rather than trying to impress you with like their wiles or maybe, uh, m- maybe a listener trying to tell you that she had a particular talent- in some way or that she was gifted in some sort of pleasure giving arena that she would just say oh, look I mean I know I'm not much of a looker but it's just skin. Uh you know if you close your eyes it's all pretty much the same, at least I that's my understanding. Um look I'll be sitting at home uh just kind of staring off into the middle distance in my living room. So if you'd like to come by, maybe uh Yeah I'm just gonna be stirring some soup and uh you know do, doing nothing. I uh Yeah. I got this toenail that's bothering me. I'm probably gonna probably go to go to work on that with the filer. Um, hey, you don't have any Charlie Pride there in that uh, record library, would you? <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm trying to imagine the sort of woman who did, and then that she would then go to the trouble of taking a photograph of herself and yes. sending it to you more than one. Dude, when, when the listeners would send you photographs, uh, did it come with uh, like they'd their home address?
4: A, yeah, they'd be petting a cat or something.
3: See again now. I don't know if we're talking about an actual cat or a if cat. this is bad. Or if we're talking about another horse pole.
4: No, no, this all right. is a, a real cat.
3: And so, were you? Did did it come with an invitation to like? You know, you just come on by and see me anytime, lover boy. Exactly. Really. Mm-hmm. And and so, did you? Did you keep those even for like dark amusement, or did you just burn them immediately? No, we would trade them with the other jocks and, and laugh. And <laughs> <laughs> ah, the respect for the listener. Hey, look at this! Look at this hideous dawn of the dead wildebeest that sent me her photograph. But this is in the days before the internet. All right. Let's put it up in the the break room, guys. All right. uh, By the way, you can see a photograph of this woman, not the woman who was sending photographs. to Were these uh, clothed photographs that listeners would send you? Yes, yes. Actually, Uh they looked a lot like this Gresham woman. Well, one Gresham woman, many faces, Tim. Uh, All right, Sarah Dillon, uh, what is happening right now?
2: We're going to play a song and come right back with Lisa Desjardins.
3: Lisa Desjardins from Capitol Hill will be joining us here on The Rick Emerson Show. Later on, we'll be giving you a pair of Queens Rack tickets for their show at the Roseland this Saturday, as well as enter to a private listener-only performance sponsored by Miller Lite. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Monday morning. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock K UFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday morning. Uh, coming up uh, later on, we will have today's top five. The top five most imitated rock singers in all of human history. 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 Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from The Hill, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you today?
7: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
3: I am fantabulous is how I am.
7: Ah, outstanding. Excellent.
3: How was your weekend? Satisfying in every way?
7: It was really great. It was a great weekend. Happy Easter to you? And happy Easter to you! All
3: right, are you beaming in the love of the newly risen Lord?
7: That's right, I am. I am right. actually, yeah.
3: Wonderful. Uh, hey, let me ask you this about pirates. Okay. I don't mean to sound flip about this, but I mean, well, first of all, let's back up for a second. Uh, the the, uh, the guy, the uh, Richard Phillips, uh, he has been he has been rescued, correct? Yes. And the only people dead are bad guys, correct?
7: Uh. Wait, say that again.
3: I mean, really, there were, I know that there were some folks shot, but I mean, that was just the pirates themselves, right? Yeah,
7: says, I thought you said the word baptized somehow. I was like, I didn't, I didn't no, know anybody was baptized. They were
3: baptized with lead, Lisa. That'll
7: show them. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. The, um, the bad guys were shot. Yes. That's when you're, uh, that's when you're baptized
3: by, by Pastor Wesson. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, you're gonna feel a tingling here as you receive the Spirit. So, all right. So n- now I can be flip all I want because the only people who got shot were pirates. Uh, here's my yeah, question. That's right. I mean, these guys are basically just. There, uh, floating in like, I mean, it's just like it, like a thing made of reeds or whatever. I, it, it really is like one step above something that, like, the howls would make to try to float you off the island.
7: Like, You're picturing like Moses, like the Moses basket.
3: I guess. I mean, <laughs> so they ended up doing this with sharpshooters, and I, I, my That's quest- old
7: school. I like the sharpshooters reference.
3: And so my question is, I mean, was that? Was this sort of like a last resort kind of a thing? Had they tried? I mean, I know the guy tried to swim to safety, and then they pulled him back. Did right. they try kind of getting guys to swim up underneath it and go over the side? I really don't. I only have Steven Seagal action films to draw from right. from here, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else you would do in a situation like this. Or did they finally just say, like, look, we got no choice. We're just going to open up with guns.
7: Right. Somehow there's an underwater blowtorch involved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is what I was picturing. But you know, I think the plan the whole time along the whole time was to wait out these guys, but. What we're told by Navy officials is that the pirates are becoming increasingly hostile. Imagine that. They've got a big U.S. warship on one side and another one probably in view. And that their orders on the ship, the Navy SEALs' orders were to, if they thought the captain was in imminent danger, take whatever action necessary. Navy officials say that their snipers saw the pirates take what looked like an AK assault weapon of some sort and point it toward Captain Phillips' back. And at that moment, the snipers thought they were going to kill him. So the snipers, under the order that they had, um, took out the pirates. And it was a pretty amazing shot because you figure both boats are bobbing up and down. We're told that it was relatively rough seas and that they were shooting through a small doorway because it was a covered boat. And actually, it's pretty hard. It was a pretty hard container. It's not an inflatable raft. It was like a hard container boat, Small doorway and a small window. Wow. We understand one of the shots went through the window as well. And three shots, three pirates out.
3: That is fantastic. I mean yeah. that's really impressive. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I should have figured because you're on the scenes, everything's sort of lurching around and this churning and this maybe adverse weather conditions. I mean that is that is incredibly impressive. That so, is a mission it's accomplished. Maybe
7: Carnival shot, yeah. That really
3: is. I mean, seriously, that that is an actual, literal mission accomplished. And I have to say, look at at the risk of sounding, oh, screw it. I was going to say at the risk of sounding jingoistic, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with killing pirates. No, you know what? I mean, seriously, pirates f them. Uh, I mean, the, I do believe, in fact, I was reading an article about this yesterday that under uh, uh, whatever you call it, UN Charter, or regulation, or ordinance, whatever, that under the the laws that codified by the United Nations. And agreed to by the United States, you know that pirates are considered the enemy of all humanity. They are actually classed as that. It is they are the um, wow. God, what are they called? It is the um, it is the uh, humanus generis. Oh, I've forgotten the third one. It's a th- it's a three word Latin phrase, but it means the enemy of all mankind, and so essentially everyone on earth in any kind of military or anybody who is uh, acting in aid of the law is allowed to do uh, whatever they want to take care of the pirate issue they are they are not a co- they are considered acted you know actionable by by anybody anywhere so th- there is a little that is
7: a hostis humani Generic.
3: I don't speak Latin. Yeah, hospis was the uh, was the there word that I've forgotten there. So there is a little bit of that. Uh, as Trey Parker would say, like America, f yeah, kind of a thing <laughs> there. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it, some right. pirates come and they give us a bunch of guff. I don't think so.
7: Right. Boom. Uh, boom. Boom.
3: And so, is this the pirate? Uh, the problem is it being is it being exaggerated or amplified uh, by the media, or is it a thing that actually is on the upswing?
7: No, it really is on the upswing. You know, this was successful, you know, U.S. hostage alive, pirates taken out for the most part, one is in custody, but there are 200 hostages right now still being held by various pirates that are associated with Somalia. And, and in fact, there was a point where some of those boats were trying to find where, you know, this standoff was happening with the U.S. military. And I, I was starting to imagine this really old school Errol Flynn type, you know, all these yeah. pirates get together uh-huh. and they're up against the warship. But there are hundreds of of captives still out there, and actually today there's a Somali journalist that went to I guess the Pirate Cove in Somalia and spoke to a couple of pirates and they're all vowing that if they take a French or American ship and they have hostages from here on out, that they're just going to kill those hostages, which' you they know, don't,
3: they're not really hostages at that point That's at that a... point
7: not so much and and you know there's a lot of talk about you know the pirate business plan when you're- you know they're making money off Jesus. of kidnapping people you know they don't make money when they kill them so there's a question as to how far this is going to go and if this is just kind of almost literal saber rattling by the pirates trying to keep everybody all you know yeah yeah we're better than you americans Who who knows, but they are vowing now that if they take um, Americans that they will kill them.
3: Okay, the next time this happens, this is my final thought here today because we're running uh, terribly behind, no fault of my own. Uh, My final thought on this, the next time uh, a pirate uh, screws with an American, there's some high-profile kidnapping of an American by pirates, Obama himself – Needs to be on the boat that goes out there, and I'm picturing him standing on the bow of the boat, just sort of looking off, uh, you know, with the wind, uh, you know, just whipping past him, and just sort of a you know, steely-eyed, you know, just sort of a squint, staring <laughs> off into the horizon, with maybe like one of those Rambo things tied around his uh, around his head, yes. and like f- sort of like a PT one hundred nine meets, uh, you know, like Under Siege kind of a thing, and just a shot of the boat speeding off into the sun as he places a knife between his teeth. All right, just to keep that keep that image, and it, it, so on that. It, and I apologize that we're we're running behind, but I want you to keep that, like that. picture with you throughout the day. Awesome. All right, thank you, Lisa. Okay. There you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, who could vote against Obama at that point? You know what I mean? All right. Sort of like a uh, sort of a Marty Sheen kind of a thing. Never get out of the boat. Absolutely right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. All right. the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here's the thing about that song right there. Uh, a, it's uh, fantastic. B, I have no idea what it's about. C, don't care. Because it's, uh, it's... snappy. Is it? It, uh, it is a snappy You're going to go far, kid? Yeah. And that is uh, Offspring, and that is from uh, Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace, I think is the name of the record. Um, but it's one of those songs that has... I mean, I'm sure that there is some meaning. It's just unknown to me. I have no idea what the song is actually written about. But you sort of, uh, you get the sense that it's about something awesome. All right, it is uh, In mere moments, we go to Tim Riley at the news desk. But first, ladies and gentlemen, but first, first, uh, we will now take caller number 10 at 503. 7332970 for your shot at tickets to Queensreck Saturday April 18th and entry to a private listener only KUFO performance with Queensreck earlier in the day sponsored by Miller Lite the best tasting light beer triple hopped for great taste uh and I will I warn you right up top here uh it's going to be some uh, low grade Queensreck trivia I mean it's not going like to be like brain bending or anything uh but you're going to have to know uh, you have to have I would say a little bit more than a layman's knowledge uh, of the band so we'll take caller 10 right now at 503-733-2970 for your shot at tickets to see Queensryche Saturday at the Roseland and at a uh, private performance earlier in the day. This, however, at the news desk is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
4: Well, all cats, of weekend things to tell you about, so let's take a look at the headlines quickly. A patron is stabbed at Boss Hogg's Bar in Northeast. It's not fatal. He'll be back there again at some point. <laughs> a suspicious package in Hillsborough contains a leg, but not a bomb. Plenty of highway mischief over the weekend. We'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, first, have you seen this uh, new thing? These are these new contact lenses that are are the rage of the marketing world. Color contact lenses promoting something or other. Uh, The first ones out are promoting the new Twilight DVD. And it says Twilight DVD, and it goes around the contact lens.
3: So I can now actually pay to have um, someone else's advertisement on my eyes.
2: Smoldering butterscotch eyes?
3: Yes, Sarah. uh, Now, are they given away, or do you have to buy them? Apparently, they're given away. Oh, I see. So it's like... Uh, well, first of all, I don't know that I would wear free contact lenses that somebody just handed to me. Uh, here, put yeah. these in your eye. Uh, your eyes are something
2: do you don't really want to mess with. <laughs> yeah, the
3: kids are, will do it though. Are these sterile? Sure, whatever. Put them in your eye. Do it now. You know? Okay, I'm sorry. I put them in my eye. Jesus. All right. Uh, well, I can. Here's the thing. You know what? I will wear those for uh, if uh, if that new V series uh, comes to fruition, and looks good. Uh-huh. I might wear some of those, just sort of uh, you know Michael Donovan style.
4: Well, the, po- the Pope uh, gives a rousing speech for Easter. I
1: think that it's going to be great because I always wanted to meet the um, The Pope Michel was sounding spry.
4: Banner. He really is. Actually, here's the real Pope.
5: Basic reason, oh, a reason that's a Pope. Christ be with you all.
4: That's all he has to say. He'll be back next year.
3: <coughs> Nazi. <coughs> Sorry. Allegedly. No, no, that's not alleged. He was a Nazi. He was a member of the Hitler Youth. That's
4: oh, a that's, that's true. that is true. That is,
3: that is what journalists call a checkable fact. Uh, the Pope was a member of the Hitler Youth. That's just a, that's just true, Tim.
4: So we shot a couple of pirates, uh, make that three,
3: because they deserved it, and let one live. Really, is a warning to the others. Yes, they uh, should have made him walk the plank. They should. I have. mean, they should have just made a makeshift plank. whether you want to play pirate, jackass? Walk the plank.
4: So, uh, U.S. Navy uh, Admiral William Gortley said the na- naval forces moved in to free uh, Captain Phillips because his life was in danger sitting out
0: there in that light. We ball. had uh, very clear uh, guidance and authorities that if uh, at any time the on-scene commander uh, felt that Captain Phillips' life was at, uh, was in danger... That uh, they could take action uh, to make sure that it was not. By the
3: way, he sounds kind of like the Gacy guy. The uh, and we would have a production of uh, Christmas and he used
2: to play Santa Claus in my basement.
3: By the way, the, the creepiest thing about that Gacy cut, somebody pointed this out, is that he when he refers to it being a production, even though it's clearly just like in a basement, the size of a card table somewhere. Uh, the, the idea that John and by the way, I think everything that happened in the basement of John Wayne Gacy's was a production in the to some degree or another.
4: Looks like McDonald's may have to raise its prices. Yes, sorry to say that. It's uh, calling uh, its franchises to let them know that they can raise prices as much as $0.30 an item. That's up from $0.20 last year. Would anybody notice this? More than 13,000-plus restaurants in the burger chain have been hit hard by rising food costs. And the move to gourmet coffee, which I hear a lot of people are ordering instead of Starbucks
3: Uh, You know, and they've got a great billboard ad for it. Um, uh, Those TV commercials they were doing where they were taking the hit at uh, Starbucks, Mm -hmm. those are some of the best done. Here's the thing about commercials. Uh, I admire any commercial that is well done well you know well executed that 's created uh, you know with a real sense of purpose and that it accomplishes it and those mcdonald 's uh, commercials that are talking about you know where they 're clearly aiming at that sort of perceived pretense or pretension, whatever the word is uh, you know about Starbucks this sort of snobbishness where the guy's like, you know, hey, did you hear McDonald's has coffee drinks? And the guy, like, t- takes off his glasses. And, I don't have to wear these fake glasses anymore. I don't have to call movies films. It was just some of the best commercials I've seen in a long time. And the billboard uh, is is the same thing. And I forget exactly what the tagline is, like, affordable indulgence or whatever. Uh, but it's got a picture of, of a coffee drink that essentially looks like a big hot milkshake, which is what it is, which is you know, what everybody wants. So, hmm. Uh, also, what else? Oh, uh, here's the thing. Th- that does remind me that I had yet another, and I had yet another one of those experiences, one of those uh, things that we have discussed occasionally. I went to the McDonald's drive through over the weekend to get myself a filet of fish because I love them so. Mm, and you know what I too. completely forgot about? Anyone? Fallen Catholics? Easter, oh, how was, was it Easter, oh, it was Sunday, Easter weekend. Oh, yeah. Easter weekend. And so I decided to go through on Friday night. And so, of course, on Friday night, I mean, it's just like, and I can't, I can't say for sure that it's because it wasn't Easter yet, and everybody's kind of still in Lent or whatever. But man, I got to tell you, it is like, I, I asked them. I said, "Hey, can I get a fillet of fish?" And I swear to God, I heard the woman go, uh,
7: "Okay." It's
3: like I sort of got the feeling there had been a run on those, uh, not only because of blah 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 and the Jesus, but also because they are. Uh, Fantastic. All right, let's uh, go to the phones here. This is, let's see. If I can... Welcome now, uh, caller number ten. Uh, hello, who might this be? It's Skyler. Hello, Skyler. How are you doing today? Uh,
0: I'm tired.
3: All right. So on the one to four scale, uh, where would you say you are right now? Uh,
8: four being the most tired.
3: Uh, no, no, no. Four being fantastic.
8: Four being fantastic. I'm like three. I'm I'm, pr- I'm close to. I'm close to fantastic.
2: Yeah, this is really... Uh,
3: this
2: is, uh, this Sometimes the number scale just doesn't this work call in your is going favor. Let's move demo. on. I can
3: tell uh, that right the, the length of this call is so disproportionate to the interest anybody has in it. All right, we'll move on. Uh, are you a Queensryche fan, my friend?
8: Uh, not really, actually. I'll I, I, Be honest, man. I was just calling to try to win something. I, yeah. I'll, I'll give my best. I was trying to Google it and stuff, the band, and try to find facts and stuff before you guys got to me, but... This you is
3: know, actually a joke call. We set this up. Here's the thing about this. I do admire your honesty, because uh, the desire to win something, the desire to have something handed to one for free, that is a distinctly American trade. And I don't mean this in an Eddie Haskell kind of way. So if uh, there's nothing else, the Rick Emerson Show does salute you, sir. All right,
8: right on. I mean, it is a trying economy right now. See there? Okay,
3: now you've won me over with that. You're right. Uh, what with the recession and all? All right, so you're on your honor here that you're not going to be Googling anything while we while we ask you the question, Okay.
8: Yeah, Your honor is a man. My, my phone won't let me while I'm on the Oh,
1: phone. I see. So oh, it's not phone. Phone. that
3: you're—it's not that you're not going to Google out of a sense of honor or uh, you know forthrightness. <laughs> it's that you're not able to.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: This call is going on the demo, Tim. I know you, you, you meant that sarcastically at first. Now I mean it sincerely. All right, no, sir. It,
4: it's, it's a good call. All
3: right. Here is your question. Right. This is for a pair of tickets to Queensryche Saturday and an uh, entry to a private listener-only KUFO performance, which will uh, earn you the enmity of all true Queensryche fans. The Reich song, the Queensryche song, Last Time in Paris, first appeared in what 1990 Andrew Dice Clay film?
8: Dice Clay.
0: The, oh,
3: the Queensryche song, Last Time in Paris, first appeared in what 1990 Andrew Dice Clay film?
8: Man, I can't even
1: think of a movie Andrew Dice Clay made. I know the name, though. <laughs> man. I'll, gi-
3: I'll give you a hint. It's not Brain Smasher, A Love Story.
8: Ah oh, man. Damn. I have no idea.
1: You know, that? here's
3: the thing. Sarah uh, Sarah Dillon, who I would say is probably not a massive Queensryche fan and probably not a fan of Andrew Dice Clay at all, she knew it. Oh wow! You know that? But, I just shame wrote it, it on
2: a post-it note. somewhere I <gasps> right? Who's, that, the, who's it, the actor in it? Who's the actor in it? <laughs> All
3: right, we're ending the call. Thanks.
2: Bye now. The hint might have been when <laughs> That's I. That's a fantastic it. movie. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay
3: film. Jesus. All right. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show.
2: Hello. Hi, hi. How you doing?
3: Hello. Who's this?
2: This is Shelley.
3: All right. Hold on a second. My Jeopardy music went away. Oh, for the love of. No, I
2: just
3: know it. All right. Hold on a second. All right. There we go. All right. Hello, Shelley. How are you today?
2: I'm. I'm okay. Are we, uh, Everyone's enthused that it's a Monday. Uh, <laughs> are we are, are we
3: drinking this morning?
2: Uh, not yet, but I will if I miss this.
3: All right. Uh, Everyone's <laughs> recovering from
4: Easter.
3: I mean, would you be drinking uh, later this morning regardless?
0: Uh, no.
3: Are you lying? Uh, yes. Right, attention <laughs> advertisers, you too can reach this prime demographic. All right, that's fantastic. All right, Shelly.
0: No.
3: Let's not have a breakdown, all right? Okay, okay. Let's keep it together, can we? Right. Please. It's all good. All right. I don't want be snuffling out together. The phone is though, like it. The whole life is gonna implode, Shelly. Uh,
0: it it half is.
3: <laughs> what is that weird uh, rattling sound I'm hearing there? Is that the, one of your That's plates? My earring. Your ear? Why is your earring rattling? I so guess your it's
2: just, earrings against just your hitting box. against the phone. Uh, yes.
3: When is the last time you consumed alcohol, Shelley? Let's
1: see. What was the
3: the night before last? Yes.
0: What's the tune? You
3: mean you mean it was Saturday?
0: Uh yes when I was karaoke.
3: You had nothing to drink yesterday, Sunday? No. Alright then. Shelley, the Queen's Drag song just an effort of futility here, I think. The Drag song Last Time in Paris first appeared in what nineteen ninety Andrew Dice Clay film.
0: I feel like the other guy. Give me that hint again, that what brain smasher
3: what? Thanks so much, Shelly. We appreciate no, it. No, no. All right, bye now. All right, that's great. Good hustle. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
8: Roads? Where we're going, we don't need
1: roads. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
3: No. That's, that's a terrible answer you just gave to that question. Bring bring
2: shame on whole finally hey i knew the other one
3: it's the rick emerson show it's rock 101 kufo all right we're, we're preparing the second queen's right trivia question don't call now it's going to be later on in the hour so i just i just ran because that was just such a spectacle by the way the answer was uh, the adventures of Ford fairlane the best part was when i told the guy what 1990 andrew dice clay film and he's all uh, can you tell me uh, who started it <laughs> yes the answer the andrew dice clay's never mind so, uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Which 1991. is an
2: awesome movie. It is
3: pretty bad and, and great all at once. And it was the first place that the Queen's Reich song Last Time in Paris appeared. And I think it, that subsequently came out on like a record or something. But, uh, so just turn the break here. I was preparing the second Queen's trivia question. We'll, uh, roll that out later on in the hour for your shout out. I take a pair of tickets to see them at the Roseland. And I, I threw it by Sarah because I was impressed, by the way, that you knew the Ford Fairlane thing. So well done. Where would you even see that movie?
2: Oh, I dated somebody who was obsessed with Andrew Dice Clay.
3: Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Even without even asking, like I don't even need any clarifying details. I know who that is. That's hard to believe. Uh, anywho, uh, so uh, I just threw the second question by Sarah, and your guess was your guess was wrong, and. Um and so many, and, and amusingly so. Uh, so that question will be used later on this hour. We'll give you another shot at a pair of tickets to see uh, Queens. Right? Hey, uh, speaking of all things rock, by the way, uh, before we go to the news desk with Tim Riley, uh, once more, uh, Greg Nibbler, can you uh, step into the studio here for just a second? Uh, we're gonna get a little, uh, we're getting a little, uh, a little detail on something. So, as you know, we were presumably uh, we were speaking to Brett Michaels uh, today. Brett Michaels, at Poison and Rock of Love fame, and the email we got. Let me just see if I've got the uh, – let me see if i actually got this. This is the email that was sent to us uh, by his people or persons or whatever. Hey, we're all set for the Brett Michaels interview. He'll be calling Monday, April 13th today in the 8 a.m. hour. Now, here's the thing about saying the 8 a.m. hour. The 8 a.m. hour is, in fact, an hour long. So there's 60 minutes inside of any one of which he could have called, and we were trying to get some sort of specificity on that. Like, is it going to be at eight ten, eight twenty five? Because what well, you know what I don't want is to, you know, we're doing the top five or something, and then he calls halfway through it. it will just to wait be awkward It'll
2: sound bad. Yeah, or we yeah. have
3: to cut something short. And I also don't want him to call it like eight fifty nine because then we're having to cut, uh, you know, cut short buzzes time for smells like the nineties. So so I told Greg, I'm like, hey, uh, do me a favor when you get in, track down Brett Michaels' people. And just say, "Look, you know, we're, we're pumped. Uh, we're stoked for the interview because I'm a big fan, and I don't say that uh, sarcastically. I'm a huge uh, Poison fan. Obviously, Rock Love. My wife uh, watches that. so It's on all the time in my house. We're looking forward to it." First number we call, uh, I-, I believe, as uh, as Greg said, it was uh, a voicemail, uh, and the woman who left the voicemail, like the sort of greeting, it sounded as though she was a bit into her cups, or maybe as though she was that woman who was just trying to win Queens right tickets. Uh, and then the second number we call voicemail box belonging to blah, 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 is full. Which I always wonder when somebody has a voicemail box that is full, and by somebody I mean Sarah Dillon. Mm-hmm. I always wonder if you just like...
2: I never listen. I have like this weird phobia about my voicemails. But I mean... I do. I can't listen to them. It, I don't know why. I if you listen. had
3: a magic button you could press that just emptied it, would you do that? I
2: do that. It's called the number seven. I don't listen to any of them.
3: But you're, but here's the thing. is like your voicemail box is full.
2: It'll be full and then I'll, I'll delete them all. Would all you like once. me to go
3: through and delete them all? I, I, I
2: actually already did yesterday.
3: Okay, I was going to say, do you want me to do that? I won't no, listen. I to I had them.
2: about no, because I had about twelve of them, and then I just had to delete all of them. I have a weird thing where I just can't listen to them.
3: Oh no, me too. Uh, no, I, I don't have know that. why. I uh, know yeah. I'm uh, you, you. and I are the same kind of I crazy have, there.
2: And do, you have no idea why either. No, right? no, but it
3: freaks me out. No, it
2: totally freaks me out. Like, and, unless I'll I will only listen to my voicemail up until like like I'll have fifteen voicemails, and I'll miss like one phone number toward the end that I didn't know, so I'll delete like fourteen of them. Let me ask you this: How about one? this?
3: It, does it does it cause you a certain amount of pain when uh you inadvertently skip to the end or skip past a voicemail or inadvertently save it and it's got some information you need and you have to go back and listen to it again? Oh, and you're yeah. just sort of like, huh? I mean, it makes my skin crawl just to think about it, which is weird. I
2: accidentally delete voicemails all the time before. I you know, the next time I run in
3: as my uh, psychiatrist on Hawthorne, uh, <laughs> as I did this weekend, maybe I'll give him your number. Yeah,
2: I really don't know what's wrong. Like, it is a phobia. It's full on. Like, I, I dread listening to my voicemail. Just
3: because we're crazy, Sarah. Could be. Uh, all right. So in any event, so the the poison or, you know, the, the woman who's the Brett Michaels contact info. So The, the poison other, woman. It's So it's the voicemail is full. So you finally heard from somebody in Brett Michaels camp this morning, Greg. Uh, yeah, they actually called in. They had the warm
5: line, so I assume it's somewhat legitimate. but it was a guy claiming to be Pete who is Brett Michaels guitarist. <laughs> okay. And oh, good uh, old Pete' it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah Pete, um, that guy. you guys this is the Rick Emerson show. you guys are, are supposed to be talking to Brett today. you know one of those type of voices. So uh-huh. obviously just woke up, hung over something
3: kind of a dude.
7: Yes, a
5: dude uh-huh. and claimed that Brett could not speak to us today. For an undisclosed reason, he wouldn't really tell me why. Really? No.
3: Did no, you I, I, Did you press him at all? You're like, what's I was, up did with that? Sound
5: hungover? Yeah, I did. I was like, well, you know, we kind of have, we've been hyping this. You know, we've been talking about having this interview. Mm. Oh yeah, he sounded completely hungover too, by the way. And. uh and I was like, you know, is there a reason why? Can we make a specific time? Can we work around this? No, uh, no, he just can't come on today. And
2: That's such BS. Yeah. Michael's hey, does he does not to have a guitarist though. named Pete. Yeah, well, you
3: know, well, so there you go. Well, okay.
5: So well, but
2: then again, I, I was able to find this in two seconds, so he could have found like... Well, I mean, it, they were true.
3: calling the guest line, which we don't give out on the air. I mean, the odds are... Look, let's be honest. If the three things, Pete, you know, his name is Pete. He knew the guest line number, which is, is private. And he sounded hungover. Oh, yeah, uh, completely So I, that has the ring of truth to me. Uh, so his thing was just that Brett can't call for reasons that he could not disclose? Yes. All right, then. Yep. Mm. Did you let him know that we were displeased by that? Uh, y- I bet I, you were polite you were probably very gracious I, I was polite yes I was professional uh, about it but right. uh, you're yeah. polite I'm displeased so
2: were him and Ron Jeremy on a reality show together?
3: Uh, well they they weren't on um, Surreal Life together I don't think I don't like, think so Brett Michael's the, in Surreal that, Life he didn't do that? I don't believe he was in Surreal Life but I could be wrong about that because I didn't watch that show I think that was the season that had Tammy Faye Baker
2: it did indeed.
3: Tammy Faye Baker, Ron Jeremy. The
2: ugly, um, Somebody else. I or don't know. The, ugly, the angry one.
3: I don't know. And then, and then Brett Michaels. I don't think he was on The Surreal Life, but I could be wrong about that. All right, so, so no Brett Michaels today, and I guess, and the things we can't, you know, it can't work tomorrow, because tomorrow... Um, Tomorrow's too crazy. Well, tomorrow, I should say this, we got, uh, porn legend Ron Jeremy, uh, we'll be speaking with Ron Jeremy tomorrow, also Katie Darrell from TMZ, Don Taylor from Cinematical, so, uh... Nobody it, wants to eat in an empty restaurant. You know, you just tell Brett Michaels he has to wait. Yes. That's uh, that's the uh, message. We'll try to squeeze him yeah. in next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, it, we, we'll try to move Joan Embry at some point, but uh, he's just going to uh, he's gonna have to cool his heels. All right. Thank you, Greg. Yep. I'll get back All to right. Pete. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> you are looking Pete. No, I said hello. God almighty. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. 2970 Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Monday morning.
4: A passenger lands a plane after the pilot dies. Other news today, and there's a lot of it, a patron is stabbed at Boss Hogg's Bar Northeast. He'll live to return. A suspicious package in Hillsburg contains a leg, not a bomb. Plenty of highway mischief to report over the weekend. A woman is nearly eaten by a polar bear in a zoo, and she's ticketed for trespassing. In our top story, a wheelchair-bound Gresham woman is charged with demanding sex with teens in exchange for booze and drugs, it's and just, she gets it.
3: I mean, and by the way, if you go to com, which is R-I-L-E-Y-L-I-V-E, uh and you can also get there from RickEmerson.com, I'm looking at this photograph, and it is of this woman who is accused of offering um, uh, youths booze and weed in exchange for, I guess, getting it on with her. And she's in a wheelchair, which isn't really a factor. It's just that she's unpleasant to look at, in my opinion. does not seem is, to
4: be a factor at all. There no, was no handicap to her.
3: She's a... Uh, she is a handicapped. Uh, she is a handicap parking space. They're going to, you know... The, um... So... And a unisex one at that, from what we heard. Yes. Uh, it was a unisex... It was a unisex stall. Mm. If you look at her and then look at the other uh, woman below her, Tim, the woman below her is that? Who is the woman below her in your in your blog? Where the woman that you say looks like Michael Moore is that the one from Tacoma?
4: Yeah, that's the woman from Tacoma. Who really didn't care that all her kids were killed, and she was shacking. Well, she was uh, meeting with a fellow who. Oh had a yeah. with some like guy at like
2: something? a Smokes
3: for Less place uh, yeah. while leaving her kids alone with the husband that she claimed was abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this woman and the woman from Gresham today, they do look. I mean, they look related, but it's sort of like if they were related, you can tell there'd be some sibling rivalry, because the woman from Tacoma, she's the pretty one. They're separated by a dog. She Two women separated by one dog. Today in an all-new Rick Emerson. All right. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Just ahead, the top five. We'll do the top five most imitated singers in rock history. And uh you'll have a, another shot at the Queens right tickets for the uh, end of the hour as well. Plus more news from Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Put me
1: in a special school Because I am such a fool And I don't need a single book to teach me how to read Who needs stupid books? They are forbidden studying the lessons in my dreams, so turn off the TV, cause that's what others see, and The singers in the other bands I'm such a mystery If anyone can see There isn't anybody else Exactly quite like me And when it's party time Like 1999 I'll party by myself Because I'm such a special guy I'm a trouble Given up.
3: It is the Rick Emerson show. We want to talk to you about secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce, which is. Uh I'm not going to say it's uh, you know the, the last uh, sauce, the last condiment, whatever, uh, that you'll ever buy. Uh, but I will tell you this. If you buy yourself a bottle of Secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce, it is going to be the sauce you use most frequently. It's going to be your go-to hot sauce. It's going to be your go-to spice. It's going to be your go-to condiment. You're going to find yourself putting it on the everything and anything. And before we do anything else, I'll give you the website right now because that will tell you where you can go buy it. It'll tell you what restaurants are serving it. You go to Secret Artvark. That is uh, aardvark with two A's right there at the beginning. Secretardvark.com. And, of course, you know, it's a Portland company. The recipe's made right here in Portland. It's got a southwestern uh, flavor, kind of a Caribbean thing. It's got tomato, onion, habanero. And it doesn't uh, taste like a lot of hot sauces that are marketed as hot but aren't or that are too hot to be consumed. Uh, where You use them once and then they just... You know, they sit in your shelf, and they kind of dry out and coagulate, and then you clean out the cupboard a few months later, and you go, hey, here's that sauce I bought that I never actually used. You're going to use Secret artvark all the time because it tastes natural. It's got a real kick to it. It's got a real spice, a real heat, but it's got great flavor, too. And, it's, and you know what I'm talking about when you say that, you know, you just, your taste buds can tell the difference. You can tell when something is made from real, natural ingredients, and you can tell when something is just made out of, you know, just a bunch of stuff off the periodic table of the elements. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. It's found in restaurants all over Portland. You can find it at uh, New Seasons Markets, Portland Area Whole Foods. Or you can go to secretardvark.com with two ways. You can find out more about it. If you don't see it at your favorite restaurant or store, you've got to demand it, though. You're going to buy it, and you are going to find that you use it on everything. It is wonderful. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. Find that more at secretardvark.com. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Their genitals is exposed when they walk through
5: these new machines. Visit KUFO.com right now.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns. He had two great delusions. One, that he was funny,
0: and two, that he was beloved.
1: On Rock 101 KUFO.
3: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Monday morning.
4: Well, it looks like everyone's going to Twitter because on Facebook, women over 50 account for its biggest growth. Over 550% more women in their 50s are now on Facebook than they were a few months ago. And other news, a patron is down at Boss Hogs Bar in Northeast. It's suspicious package in Hillsboro contains a leg, but not a bomb. And then all kinds of uh, highway craziness. A bizarre chase in I-5 ends with a naked screaming driver being tased. Fantastic. Another belligerent driver flips off others, causes a car to roll. He's also taken into custody. And that wheelchair-bound Gresham woman is charged with demanding sex with teens in exchange for booze and
3: drugs and gets it. So did so? Did one of the kids like squeal on yes. her? So it wasn't like and a there parent? Maybe more, no. Really? Uh, other other sad souls out there? Yes. Jesus. I mean, she just – it looks like she'd leave like a sort of viscous film all over you. You know what I mean? Sort of like a um, – you know, like – a uh, bathtub uh, ring. Well, or that, sure. I was going to say, like, if you ever had to use uh, like a communal computer where there's a mouse and you get the sense that the person who used the computer before you had like – I don't know, like they were having like a, like a particularly succulent burrito of some kind maybe or – uh or they were perhaps uh, fishing around inside a, uh, inside a bag of crackling or pork rinds. And then they use the computer mouse and you pick it up. And then your hand is immediately covered with a sort of thick uh, sheen of filth that you realize is never going to come off. And then you turn into Jack Nicholson and you're scrubbing your hands a thousand times a day. I bet that's what happens if you touch that woman. That's just my opinion as protected by the First Amendment, by the way. Well, keep in mind she's uh, not been convicted of any crime. These are allegations only. In the uh, court of aesthetics, though, I find her guilty in the first degree. Here's your top five, five for Monday. Four, three,
1: two,
8: one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? All
3: right, ladies and gentlemen, for your Monday morning, here's Tim Riley with your
4: top five. And there's nothing new under the sun, and even less that's original in the world of rock and roll, for proof. One need look no further than these, the top five most intimidating vocalists in
3: rock history. Oh, the most imitated vocalists in rock history. Okay, we'll fix it in post. Uh, so this is a couple caveats here. So I did limit this uh, to rock, and I tried to uh, go across sort of all, you know, all the, different, the whole spectrum, all the different genres of rock. Uh, but these are the five vocalists whose style, whose mannerisms uh, cast the biggest shadow and that you find sort of cropping up in vocalists, you know, subsequent years and generations. These are the five most imitated rock vocalists of all time. Honorable mention going to Paul Stanley. Now, here's the reason why this is an honorable mention, and I'll set this one up before I play it. The reason that this is honorable mention is that, of course, because you know, Paul Stanley is the singer for Kiss; he is the lead singer. But that's not really what gets imitated. It's not so much the fact that Paul Stanley has a particular timbre to his voice when he's belting out, let's say, uh, you know, um, Detroit Rock City or whatever. It really is because Paul Stanley has set in ways both good and bad, the absolute benchmark, the gold standard for the stage rap.
0: How we doing so far? Good people in
8: Portland? Want y'all to know something in case you didn't already? We are just getting
1: started!
3: Yeah i to this all day.
8: Yes, indeed. Here's one. This goes all the way back to Dress to Kill. We haven't played this one yet in America.
3: I mean, he's done all the big things so far. He's mentioned the city. This one so goes all the way back. Just for you, Portland, Oregon. Just right? for you. We're just getting started.
1: Now, but, let me tell you but all wait. something.
3: Let me tell you.
8: The last show we did. Last show we did.
7: Uh-huh. Los
8: Angeles, California.
3: Boy, does he know his audience,
8: Sarah? It's, right. it's good to be proud of where you're from, Portland. <laughs> but you know something, San Jose. When you diss another city, yeah, you can't just talk it. You gotta walk it. You gotta get crazy tonight. You with me?
3: Gonna get crazy. Are you with him, Sarah?
8: It's I am with him. People.
3: So anytime post, like, 1975 that you go to King see an act King. and he does, you see a singer do any of these things, you see a singer uh, reference your city, compare you to another city, uh, say, give yourselves a round of applause. That, I mean, he ought to get a nickel for all of that. So there you go. Paul Stanley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> these are the five most imitated singers in rock history. Tim Riley. Number five. What? Number five, Judas Priest. So this is Rob Halford uh, from Judas Priest. And I really, I kind of agonized over whether to go Rob Halford or whether to go uh, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. And I, I went Rob Halford because everybody kind of knows Maiden, but Judas Priest is still, they're kind of the more mainstream band in a lot of ways. And so whenever you hear this kind of operatic riding on the wings of a steed to Valhalla, you know, through the halls of Odin uh, kind of a thing... That's all uh, Rob Halford. Rob Halford really is responsible for for all of that. There you go. All right. This is the top five most imitated rock vocalists of all time. Tim Riley. Number four, Buddy Holly. Every day. Buddy Holly's enduring, uh, enduring contribution to the world of rock and roll is the uh-oh.
2: Where
7: would we
3: be without that? So all of those little sort of bubbly uh, vocal trills that he does and those the kind of that way that he punctuates sentences with hoes and haes and oh, I mean, there would be probably... I, I mean, I think probably Joey Ramone, the pick and obvious example, wouldn't have a lot of his mannerisms were it not for Buddy Holly. These are the top five most imitated rock vocalists of all time. Tim Riley. Number three, Mike Patton. This is uh, Mike Patton from, Jesus, like a thousand different bands, uh, from Mr. Bungle, from Faith No More. Uh, from Davey
2: uh, Nipples, buddy, right?
3: Exactly. From uh, Davey Nipples, we were having, uh, Sarah and I were having dinner with, with Storm and Davey. And Davey's like, he did everything but pull out his cell phone and go, look at this, my Patton's <laughs> phone number in your face. It's not like Faith No More is an unknown band, but really they are one of those bands that laid down a kind of template that everybody else sort of expanded upon. And that template is, it's kind of the funk, rock, rap. Uh, electronica techno fusion and Mike Patton just talk about a guy that is just the man of a thousand voices because he does everything from a sort of operatic wail to a growl to this sort of aggro rap I mean every time you have ever heard anything uh, that started with a K and ended with an N and rhymed with corn uh, it comes right from this Comes right from this guy right here Amazingly talented singer. Right. These are the five most imitated rock vocalists of all time. Tim Riley. Number two, Eddie Better.
2: Yeah, I could hear that.
3: I mean enough said. I I love Pearl Jam, I love Eddie Better. Mm-hmm. Like anything great. You know, it's sort of like uh it, what is that thing in the mist? It's like that huge creature that they see at the end that's sort of like whoa, crossing <gasps> oh, the, the road. It's
2: like sweep. Yeah,
3: it's just knocking over the power lines. Oh, man. But, but then trailing along uh, behind this sort of great, massive uh, creature, you just see all of these sort of smaller parasite things that are just sort of clinging along in its wake. I mean, and it's not like we're even out of this era now. But there was a time when I, probably 95% of the things you heard on the radio sounded like this guy. And it's pointless to even try to lift the, uh, list them. There's just too many of them. The one so many... off the top
2: of my head is the lead singer Live. That's all I can hear. Oh, is God. Yeah, I,
3: I mean, everybody kind of seized on that song Plush by Stone Temple Pilots, mm-hmm. but... I mean, really just... I'm not necessarily saying that everybody began to sing like this because of Eddie Vedder, but he did, because before the the grunge era, everything was just that sort of, that yowling screech, that kind of, you know, Axl Rose thing going on, or the James Hetfield sort of barking growl, and Eddie Vedder uh, did open up um, rock singing to a sort of, just a sort of relaxed tenor, which he's got here, Mm -hmm. and so then subsequently everything you heard for the next five or six years sounded just like this. These are the five most imitated rock vocalists of all time. Tim Riley? Number one, Robert Plant. I mean, it was uh, the absolute template, the archetype. In a lot of different ways. I mean, I guess you can make, uh, you can talk about Roger Daltrey. You, you know, being the big blonde guy front the band. but I mean, The impact of Robert Plant in the world of lead singers, uh, speaking of the 80s, speaking of... Michael's... <coughs> <What coughs> <you coughs> who isn't but you know Brett Michaels of course uh, you know was obviously inspired by David Lee Roth who was inspired by Robert Plant and Busby Berkeley I mean Robert Plant is so much the gold standard that he almost defies imitation I mean he you know he kind of has every trick in the book here but that is that is because he created the book Those are the top five most imitated vocalists in all of rock history. Straight ahead, we have more news with Tim Riley. Don't forget, coming up at 90, it smells like the 90s with buzz. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
1: Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. It's to be back in Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rick
3: Emerson show returns.
1: And I cannot tell you how many times somebody will be walking
3: by and they go, oh! this is Rock 101, KUFO. The best part is how it sounds like he's being attacked by somebody there <laughs> midway through the answer. like I think he's he kind of is. Answering something else and a guy comes out and like shivs him. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson uh, radio show. Tim, what were our big headlines today?
4: Our biggest headlines were a bizarre chase in I-5 ends with a naked screaming driver being tased. Three pirates are killed, deservedly by a sharpshooter, and the captain is freed. Now for the surviving pilot, it's off to court,
3: the pirate's court. Excellent. We want to thank Senior radio correspondents Amanda Moyer and Lisa Jardin today. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Don Taylor from Cinematical, Katie Daryl from TMZ.com, and of course the one and only Ron Jeremy. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Extillan for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone's Greg Nibbler. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds. And executive uh, producer Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson. Today is April 13th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, sp- Smells like the 90s next with Buzz right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow at 5 a.m. Bye now.
4: How's your woodcock doing? Oh, my darling little woodcock.